Justin and Jai are a couple of guys who know they're gonna die, so they're biding time by consuming content and wasting their breath. It's a podcast called Amusing Ourselves to Death. Welcome to Amusing Ourselves to Death. It's a podcast about media, mortality, those munchies, mm-hmm. uh, movies, other M-words, membranes sometimes. I'm Jaya Peck. I live in Bethlehem. Joining me is my my good buddy Justin Passano. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> happy ha- happy uh, happy 2020, Jaya. Happy 2020, Justin. It's it's been quite a year. It's been a great year. It's you know I, it's like a lot to look back on. Um, yeah, no, it's been a miserable fucking <laughs> uh, year, and I mean. If if you want to measure things by years and uh, fool yourself into thinking like, well, this is over at the stroke of midnight on January first or whatever, it'll all reset. Then that's when we get healed, right? Then when we get, that's when we get healed. Twelve oh one a.m. Yep. Okay. So if that's what, yeah, believe whatever you want to believe. It doesn't matter. At least we we made it, we made it through. I didn't think we'd be alive. <laughs> Multiple times, Jaya. I don't know about you, but I thought I figured I didn't think we were going to do a top twenty of twenty twenty. I I thought that uh, you, you know there was talks of like the food chain getting interrupted, and yes. then you know uh, we didn't quite know much about <clears throat> the coronavirus in the early months. Mm-hmm. It still feels like March in some ways. Oh yeah, yeah. It'll be March forever. Yeah, <laughs> in my heart, <laughs> it's always been March. Yeah. Uh, so today we're doing our top twenty of twenty twenty. The bit that I will not let die. That uh, every year we so next year we'll hopefully we'll be doing our top twenty one of twenty twenty one, and I'm sure that someday in my forties and fifties I'm gonna have to compile like a good thirty or thirty five things that I am into. It's just I will win because I, the I will not let the bit die. Did you do a top one of? Wait, no, I started this in twenty eleven. Okay, so I said, ha ha, I'll do a top eleven of twenty eleven. Okay. And then, it got some like Facebook engagement, so I thought I'll do a top twenty. Of That's how you, twelve of twenty twelve, and you then get that engagement. Just you know, kept to keep going. going. Yeah, and I'm on the train, and I can't stop. Well, why would you? And I've and I've brought you into this, Justin. So mm-hmm. if if you ever want to bail, feel free. <laughs> okay, it's good to know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there's always that that parachute you can take, and just mm-hmm. you can just say no. I'm just doing ten. It's everyone else is ten. <laughs> ten is normal. It's safe. It's not. It's it's doable. Yeah. Because what is this? What are, what are our lists? Once we get past the ten fifteen range, it's just things we've seen this year. It's true, it's true. Things don't really start to uh, matter until like you know later in the list, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that the things I've put later earlier in the list aren't good, um, but I definitely um, I was skeptical that I would come up with things because I I was just like, did twenty things even come out this year uh did i enjoy 20 things this year um so some of the some i think there's a few of these things that came actually were like 2019 things but maybe i discovered them this year or maybe they were 2001 things Mm. that i maybe discovered just this year that have really helped me um get through these uncertain times these trying times that we're all in together yeah so if anybody and anybody feel free to use those uh those quotes that Jai and I came up with. We actually mm-hmm. came up with those. Patent pending. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the happy birthday song where you're going to have to credit us yes. every time you use it. Right. 
So should we get into it? Yeah, let's get into it because this is probably okay. It's <laughs> probably gonna take a while. <laughs> I, uh, Justin, uh, you know we had a tradition. We used to like crack open a can of seltzer. Mm-hmm. So we some things you know we we're still figuring the show out, like trying to figure out what's our our gimmick, what's our thing. We haven't done as much, but I did already crack open a bottle of um, Raging Bitch Belgian IPA, <laughs> Flying Dog beer. Uh, okay, I I figured it was. It's got eight point three percent alcohol. Oh, two inflammatory words, one wild drink. So, yeah, it looked like a. Uh, uh, Whatever that the artwork looked familiar to me. It's uh, Ralph Steadman who did like the Fear and Loathing in mm-hmm. Las Vegas uh, artwork, very just kind of psychedelic, a lot of splatter. Yeah, I think he does reds. most. I think he does most of their the artwork for their beers. Mm-hmm. What do you got there? What, what you crack open? Um, I'm starting with a Tart Monkey by Victory. Right. Yeah, Victory, we made it, man. <laughs> we did it. We did it. <laughs> I got a couple more beers chilling on the windowsill, and uh, we'll reveal what those are when the time is appropriate. All right. So let's start. We're going to start at number 20, our yes. each of our 20s. If there's any overlap, like if my number 15 is your number three, then I guess that's the time that we'll talk about Yes, that topic, so we're not repeating ourselves too right. much. Yeah. So yeah, uh, New listeners will get the hang of this very quickly. Oh, very quickly. We're, we're reading a top 20 list. <laughs> Of things we enjoyed this year. So, um, yeah, do you want to kick us off, Jaya? I'll kick us off. My number 20 is the movie, sorry, the television movie, Bad Education, that uh, dropped on HBO this past April. The Hugh Jackman, Allison Janney uh, tale about a true embezzling scandal that engulfed the Long Island School District. I felt this was a masterclass in the power of perspective how the camera and the editing do this magic trick of portraying a lie just through what we're not shown. It had this great like midpoint, just total twist that blew me away. Ray Romano, anytime he's on my screen, it's 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 a good day in the Peck household. So that's my number twenty. Bad education. Ray Romano, huh? It, I, you're setting me up to do some kind of impression that I'm not qualified to do. So. Uh, yes, Ray Toronto. Romano. Yeah, <laughs> I can't do it either. Um, no, no, I, I I love Ray Romano. He's uh, yeah, he, great. <laughs> I don't know. He's he's been doing this kind of this recent turn and just he's he was in the the Irishman. He's he was on Vinyl, that HBO drama. He's I think just, he was on one of my favorites of last year was uh, the the Duplass brothers movie there that he did with um Paddington. Paddington. No, not no Paddington. Paddleton, one of the yeah, something like that. Yeah. It was uh, it's buried somewhere in Netflix. Paddleton, I think it was. Yeah, that was one, I think it was one of my favorites of last year. Might have made the yeah, list. Yeah, it's just it's just kind of cool. He's made this kind of the big sick a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. That was really. Were good. you there? We went to that screening at Arts Quest like after hours. No, I watched, watched the big it. sick by myself. Yeah. Okay, that was a fun time. Yeah. Uh, remember movie theaters? <laughs> remember, uh, remember the big sick? <laughs> just remember just hanging out with people in public. <laughs> Ugh. Remember, uh, remember places. Remember, you remember air? <laughs> oh no, yeah, yeah, I do. I miss, I miss air. <laughs> I mean, I since in the early uh, aughts of the um, the pandemic, I found out that the virus was in the air, so I stopped stopped using it. Mm-hmm. That's smart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you, you gotta listen to what the, what they're telling us, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not trying to be facetious there. <laughs> really, you gotta listen to what they're fucking telling us. <laughs> Justin, what's your number 20? Oh, God. Uh, okay, well, 
My number 20 is Nate, a one-man show by Natalie Palamides. It is a, uh, a, a kind of a, a it's a one-man show. It's a it's a comedy special on Netflix by um, this woman, Natalie Palamides. She's in drag for, for pretty much the whole whole special. And um, yeah, it was just, a, it dropped, I think like a couple weeks ago, like in December or late November. And I finally got around to watching it. Addison and I watched it. And uh, it is uh, bizarre. Um, I don't really want to talk too much about it because there's some stuff that happens that I don't want to give too much away because uh, there's definitely some evolution. Uh, but she plays this insane character named Nate, this man who um, who had recently suffered some heartbreak. And I'll, I'll say that much. Uh, but yeah, it has a... Uh, it goes places. That's <laughs> uh, definitely. I, I would definitely check it out. I had never heard of her before, but apparently she's like you know she's been a regular performer. I think at UCB in LA, and um, so she she's been doing stuff for a while, like character a lot of character work. Um, and this is like her first kind of big thing. But it's produced by Amy Poehler, and um, Amy Poehler actually does an introduction before it, uh, saying kind of like, "Oh, I've seen some of the shows that she's done where people like will leave pretty angry." So it's kind of it's a little divisive, but it's 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 fun. I love divisive comedy. Oh, yeah. If, if it's not making you like just question everything or just feel something, what's the point, right? Yeah, exactly. But it's like divisive, but with a, a good message. Uh, okay. But it is one of those things where I feel like I would end up, like you and Aaron and I would end up in the front row of the show, not knowing what it is at like two in the morning at a comedy club and then just be like, this isn't what I wanted to experience right now. <laughs> but uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, those mushrooms Aaron gave us are kicking in at the wrong time. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Nate, a one-man show by Natalie Palomides. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing the last name correctly, but yeah, it's on Netflix. You can check it out. All right. Speaking of Netflix, my number 19 is The Social Dilemma. Oh boy. Did you know that social media is is bad? It's bad? No no way. It's, it's bad. It's no good. Very, very terrible. Don't do it. But what about the likes? Uh, More like dislikes. <laughs> <laughs> but what about disinformation? Uh, more like misinformation. But what about what about uh, bots created to divide us uh, morally and uh, politically? Uh, more like schlots <laughs> created to slide us uh, corally. What about friends? Uh, <laughs> what about men's? Oh, okay. All right. Let's mend. Let's. This this is a pathway to mending what's wrong with our society. The social dilemma is yeah. this. Uh, documentary slash document docudrama about uh it's showing dazzling detail and clarity how exactly social media is manipulating our attention our and how that kind of echoes and reverberates throughout society to like real world effects and why we are feeling so divided in these trying times these unprecedented times um, yeah, I watched. Yeah, I watched this. Yeah, you as well. liked it. You liked it. Okay, I loved it. Yeah, yeah, it uh, scared me. <laughs> it makes you want to like delete your phone or delete, <laughs> delete all the apps phone. on the phone. I wish I, I could delete, delete my phone. My, I wish I could. I could throw out the window, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't know how to get anywhere no. then if I didn't have it. Uh, yeah, it's. I mean, I think it's required viewing. I, I have been found following one of the executive producers, Tristan Harris, who has this uh, foundation called the, this, like the Center for Humane Technology, just trying to. Create awareness for uh, a better way of handling this tool that we all carry in our pockets. It's 
it, it's it's required viewing, even if the docudrama portions are a little hokey. You know, the, the stuff they have, the scripted portions with the family and the one kid's like, I'm going to turn off my phone for three days. And then he just like breaks down just like a junkie. Mm-hmm. Uh, great cameo by Vincent Carthizer, Pete Campbell from Mad Men playing this like three pronged artificial intelligence, just mm-hmm. making decisions in all of our phones, which if he really, if Pete Campbell was in our phones, I, I think that uh, would be a net positive for all of us. I think so too. Yeah, uh, I um, I really liked it. I think my one critique of it was it's a lot of doom and gloom, and then they spend maybe two minutes uh, telling you, like, oh, here's what you can do, and it's not much. It's like Jared Lanier appears, and he's like, just delete it. <laughs> and it's like, all right, Jared, yeah. well, <laughs> I mean, you're old. Um, and maybe- The only real action items you come away was like, oh, yeah, turn off your notifications. Yeah, yeah, I did do and, and yeah. like And, like, delete, like, social media apps off your phone, like, Go like make it harder for yourself by having to log in on a desktop computer or just mm-hmm. go through like Safari. Yeah, I took Facebook off. I have Messenger on there, but um, I have to like go on the browser to look at Facebook, and I'm barely on there anymore. And I I do feel a lot mm-hmm. better. Um, I have also limited my Twitter usage, and um, yeah, but it's a bit, but the whole the whole documentary is just like yeah, it, it, the whole message is if it's um it's f- a free service, then you're the one that's for sale. So uh, we are being manipulated every day um emotionally uh to buy things and also um there seems to be i was listening to coffee with tony today with anthony atomic and uh he uh i i I happen to agree with him there's something going on (laughs) and and, uh, i don't know if it's like i don't know just there's there's a lot of um activity on the internet through social media that is intentionally dividing us and making us all fucking insane and it's not just ad companies you know it's like it's 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 crazy. Like I can't. It just stresses me out. I can't even be on Facebook anymore. It's our like, minds were not designed to be processing this much information no. and news per day. Like no. we, what we get in like a minute of Twitter scrolling is what like the an average peasant in the 1500s got in his whole life. Yeah. So and I think we're just. I think now with seeing movies like that come up, and I, I it's something I hear more about. I think it's becoming more in the kind of the consciousness that it's just like causing all this tribalism and all this stuff. So it's like, and like, and just the gross, like, I, I mean, I mean, I remember hearing it a couple years ago on a podcast being like somebody, an expert being like, your phone's not actually listening to you. And it's like, no, it is. I say things and then it, I get the ads for it. It's not a fucking coincidence. <laughs> Fuck you. It's like, this is, so I think we're all kind of waking up to, and I, I'm hoping that we end up in a better place in the next few years. Cause holy shit, <laughs> it's scary. What, what I mean, we're waking up to it, but also like we need to create some kind of system that we can still communicate with each other yeah. without relying on these things. Because right now it's like if, like how would you, how would you plan things? How would you get in touch with people if we didn't have these cell phones? Yeah, I mean, I, I could start sending you letters in the mail. Say, hey, Justin, want to do a podcast now? Like in, in a couple of days, and I hope that I'll wait for your reply, and then we'll plan. We we could go back to like a like a low tech version of doing logistics yeah it's possible but we all have to i think a lot of us have to be on board for it for it to work you Mm -hmm. know and like you can't even like apply for a job now without like an internet connection usually right um but yeah i I was actually listening to i think the happiness lab it's some podcast i just got into and they were actually talking about um this in an episode today i was listening to uh, about just emotional mirroring and how um even even emotions read through text can like affect us and manipulate our emotions so i feel like you're on like twitter all the time and everybody's just like we're fucked we're fucked mm-hmm. this person's fucking evil then that like it, it does like infect you 
you know, like it's, it's emotional contagion. So anyway, the social dilemma, it's, it was a family, uh, love, loving hit of the, I don't even know what I'm saying. Fun for the whole family. Fun for the whole family. Yeah. A family loving hit of the summer as well. Mm, Sure. Um, but yeah, it was a nice surprise seeing, uh, Pete Campbell in there. Yes. Uh, more Vincent Carthizer on our screens, please. Please. I hope that's the take, I hope that's the takeaway that they got. Just give him his own sitcom where he runs like a, a laundromat in South Beach, Miami. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Uh, number my number nineteen. Nineteen is Umbrella Academy season two. Um, this season of Umbrella Academy, if uh, if people aren't familiar with the show, it's about um, a ragtag group of um, kids with abilities. Uh, well, they were they were like uh, crime fighters when they were kids. They were taken in by this old man um, who adopted all of them throughout the whole world. All these children that were born with these amazing abilities and he kind of assembled a crime fighting team and so like they found a lot of fame when they were children but now they're older and kind of like fighting all the time and not really doing as much and like some of them are pretty conceited and egotistical and uh, very very flawed human beings um but yeah uh season one was really great uh starring um i forget what his name is now Er eric page elliot page elliot page um but yeah, uh, great, great first season, second season, first five minutes of that first episode of season two, uh, really just like locks you in, uh, some fun time travel stuff, uh, some stuff to do with JFK. Um, yeah. And I just love these, seeing these characters interact. Uh, I forget the actor's name who plays the youngest brother, but also, yeah, uh, he, uh, is it a Marvel great. or a DC or is it neither? It's neither. It's actually written by, I think it's image. It's written by the um, lead singer of uh, My Chemical Romance, Ger- uh, Gerard Way, I think is his name. And uh, yeah, he just like made this comic book and uh, Image put it out. And um, I don't know who does the artwork and stuff like that, but this is based off of that comic. So it's like kind of a, a unique take on things, but it does remind me a little bit of like the X-Men, you know? So it's it's really good though. I don't know. And the, right. the, the costume design is really cool and like the effects are really cool. And uh, the cast is like they have really good chemistry, so I, I'd highly rec- recommend it. You haven't seen any of the show, right? I haven't seen any of it. I, I remember just seeing those like beautifully bound graphic novels, oh, art yeah. covers at bookstores. I'm like, I want to read that, and then watch the show. I've heard the books are great. I've 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 flipped through them in the before time at Barnes and Noble, and the the artwork's cool. So yeah, cool. Uh, my number eighteen is Birds of Prey, aka the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Uh, this was the DC movie starring Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn from the DC universe, the Joker's girlfriend. It's her uh, picking up the pieces and moving on and fighting crime, fighting against uh, Ewan McGregor playing this kind of crime boss in New York City. This this was like not a – this was – I mean, even if it wasn't the last movie I saw in theaters in 2020, uh, this still would have been – Maybe kind of like a, a runner-up, at least from my list. It was a you know filled with just incredible colors, and I love how DC is just like not trying to. They're not trying to do the Marvel thing. We're like we're gonna we're not doing these hyper serialized arcs. We're just like we're just doing these kind of fun one shots with characters. We're recasting every time, just whatever makes sense. And uh, I had a blast watching this, and I highly, highly recommend it. And even if it is just based in this just this kind of nostalgia for like yeah, I remember I went to like a. 3 o'clock p.m. IMAX screening by myself <laughs> at the promenade. And uh, there's like five other people in the theater. But that was the last... It was February 2020. That was the last time I was in a the movie theater. And I miss it to hell. Yeah, I know you do. 
Yeah, this is a great movie. Uh, Jamie and I watched it when we were still living together. Uh, we uh, rented it, and uh, it was a good time. Um, one of DC's better efforts, and uh, mm-hmm. it was nice to see something positive come out of Suicide Squad, which was right, right. tremendously flawed. Um, They're learning from their mistakes, which yeah. is it's it's fun to watch them just make different decisions on right <laughs> yeah like mainly just like less jared leto yes just a little bit so. take, just take jared leto out of the equation and it seems to work out okay um, do you remember that one story it was like i think it was like in march it was just like jared leto came back from like a six-week meditation retreat and found out the whole world had changed and just this shot of him just looking just strolled on a beach somewhere wearing like a big hemp shirt and just <laughs> he had, they had no idea what was going on until like like it was like maybe early april they got back so uh hope you're doing good jerry yeah but you know i just feel bad for the rich sometimes <laughs> i don't always want to eat the rich no not always i mean you know i'm not yeah. always in the mood for that right god so we want to have something a little like different you know <laughs> cleanse the palate yeah um yeah i don't know i have mixed feelings about jared leto i remember when he was was it wasn't there like a whole thing where he's like selling sending people dead animals in the mail or something like that because he's like i'm the i'm getting in character as the joker and it's like okay yeah, Will, uh, Will Smith opened up his mailbox and there was just like a condom filled with like blood and just, ha twisted <laughs> from your buddy Jared. <laughs> See you on set, pal. Ugh. Go back to doing better movies, Jared. Go, go back to getting your face smashed in Fight Club. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, go back to uh, Panic Room. Go back to Panic mm-hmm. Room. Go back to movies where I don't recognize you. Um, go back to... Go back to being the worst part of the best Blade Runner movie. <laughs> yes, I'll agree with that. <laughs> he was the worst part of that movie. Um, okay. Just what's your number 18? My number 18 is a podcast, Jaya. Oh. A podcast. Competition. I know, no free plugs, but seeing as this is a special episode. Uh, Everyday Decisions with Joe Firestone. Um, it is, a uh, Joe Firestone is one of my favorite comedians. Um, ever since I saw her perform, uh, in New York back in two, 2015, um, she's gone on to write for, uh, Seth Meyers. Um, she's no longer writing for Seth Meyers, uh, right now, but she has like a bunch of, uh, different like radio shows and WFMU. She's had a couple different podcasts. Uh, this one sadly was just canceled and not renewed by comedy central. Um, but yeah, basically she, what it is is she takes a, um, she takes people and uh, usually comedians and friends of hers, uh, but there's a couple people that she's, you know, never really met, um, and goes through the previous 24 hours of their life, uh, like you know, like what they ate for meals or like just basically what they do, and and it's fun because nobody thinks that their lives are that interesting. They're like, oh well, I didn't really do much in the pa- previous 24 hours, but she's so good at like crowd work and like really kind of getting people to open up that uh, i don't know she's just a delight and makes everything funny and uh some really good conversations especially um seeing as she started doing this podcast in like january and uh by the time we were all kind of locked down it became a really good time capsule for where we were all at mentally throughout this whole pandemic um and just how people coped with it and and listening to it made me feel less crazy um uh, but yeah, it's, 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 and it's a very positive, fun podcast. So I would recommend it. Um, at least now maybe listen to it 
like it's like 40 or so episodes uh, i don't know if anybody will want to revisit the pandemic episodes after this pandemic is over but if you're still <laughs> but there's there are a handful that took place in the early part yes. of the year that yeah was just people going out and breathing on doorknobs and right uh licking waitresses I don't know. <laughs> right yeah yeah as one does um but the, the the episodes i don't want to say they don't all like linger on on the pandemic it comes up occasionally um but uh yeah it's just fun to see how people a lot of like writers and comedians and creative people live their lives what, what their routines are yeah their hang uh, just habits just just seeing it kind of described in detail just makes you think hey we're not alone we're all we all do that thing where we stare in the mirror for 15 minutes every morning and just yell, you fucking idiot. Fucking <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> fucking idiot. Yeah. And then we, then we go eat a Klondike bar, smear in a peanut butter. I've done, I've, here people do that. This I don't know. This is incredibly specific. <laughs> do you, do, would, would one chill the peanut butter? No, well? no, I, no, 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 I, I'm not a fan of chilled peanut butter. I like it room temperature. Okay, not even a peanut butter cup? So I'll throw those. In I the have fro- I have frozen Reese's pieces okay. or Reese's cups. Okay. Uh, no, this is just a weird thing I've been doing recently, where I just buy a thing at Klondike bars and then just uh, basically get a butter knife and spread peanut butter on it and eat it and feel like crap and then throw out the rest of them and then like say I'm never doing that again and then two days later I go buy a fresh pack. It's just uh, addictions just blossoming and just new exciting forms that we thought we extinguished years ago. I think you need to read but. Infinite Jest again. <laughs> I do. <laughs> this is sounding familiar. Um, yeah, I would. I wouldn't think the Klondike bar would hold up underneath under the peanut butter because it seems like those things are pretty fragile. I, I mean, it just kind of it kind of becomes a mess after a bit. Yeah. I just kind of use eat it with a spoon. I'm just impressed. Yeah, you have a lot of finesse with that with that butter knife. It's mainly just this. This my last. Uh, what, what's the David? My, my the Goliath that I had to conquer. The the the, uh, the slingshot that I have to uh, just nail right in the eye is uh, made by Jif Inc. So one of these days I'm just gonna nail that sucker right in his goddamn. So wait, so you're David and I'm David. Jif, the peanut Jif, butter's Goliath. Peanut That's butter. where the metaphor has to stop. I, I keep trying to make this complicated. No, it's yeah. My David Glassdoor is me versus peanut butter. Okay. Well, good luck. Thanks, man. My number <laughs> 17 is Mark Marin, End Times Fun, uh, his most recent stand-up special, where, uh, which was recorded in 2019, where he predicted it all. He predicted uh, just the end of the world, uh, the sky's on fire, civil unrest. Uh, <laughs> what I, if I don't remember anything about What if he doesn't leave? <laughs> I don't know. Is he still there? I, yeah, that's <laughs> such a good... Uh, he is still there. He is still there. What do we do? <laughs> do we still go to yoga? <laughs> yeah. Just this kind of like uh, lament of just like, hey, we did everything we could. You know, hey, we brought our own bags to the grocery store. You know, that's what else could we have done? <laughs> yeah. Um, a literally funny bit about just like the origin of like superheroes and just it was just based on like, you know, like Jewish comic book writers in the 1940s. Just like, all right, they like this thing. All right, keep writing Superman. Keep drawing Batman. Just do whatever we got to do so they like us. They don't kill us. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and also it has like a, it took on a new meaning once because it, it was directed by his late girlfriend, Lynn Shelton, who um, unfortunately passed away this past spring. And uh, just as someone who's been listening to Mark Maron for 10 years, you know, you, you kind of get the. You, you get you know you get to know a guy in in a sense as we can mm-hmm. through an audio format and um 
it's just one it's just one of those things i don't know i have nothing really poignant to sit, to really cap it off with but uh it's a great stand special it's just him on a really i remember it being really visually distinctive where like there's not very many if any like audience reaction shots they're yeah. not just cutting the audience it seems pretty, hey this is funny see this guy's laughing uh, so it just kind of stays on mark at these nice little wide shots of him on a stool just kind of going through his notebook and uh Check it out. It's got some good uh, Mike Pence jokes as yes. well. Yeah. So. Yeah, and he does, like you said, uh, kind of predict what was going to happen because he was just like, "Something's going to happen. Something's going to happen soon. That's going to. It's the only way anything's going to change." It's like, yeah, and it was in his bed. It was the skies on fire. <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, ah, skies on fire. All right, you know. <laughs> they say it's actually healthy for the for the, for the air to be on fire. <laughs> yeah. Where'd you hear that? I don't know. Somebody, somebody told me. Yeah, my trainer said that. You know, make sure you take your turmeric. Yeah, not not the bad kind. You gotta eat the good the, the good turmeric. So, <laughs> yeah, that the um the special almost made my list. It was definitely uh in consideration. So uh, yeah, I, I recommend that as well. Um, my number seventeen is the video game Stardew Valley. Justin, I'm, I'm sorry. I just want brief, brief pause. Uh-huh. I believe this game came out in uh, like 2015 mm-hmm. or so. But I didn't I mean, hear this, about this, it this is... until March 2020. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, I found it this year. So this is my best. Yeah. This is part of my best of this year. Um, mm-hmm. It's an older game and it's nothing that, uh, that, like I said, I didn't hear about it until this year. I uh, started playing it. And uh, as a kid, I always wanted to play Harvest Moon. Um and but it was too expensive or i couldn't never find a copy uh and this is like uh me fulfilling my dreams of uh um playing that game and it's it's just great a lot of little secrets in the game um i'm sure everybody and their grandma has played it by now so this is no nothing new i'm late to the party but it was um it's nice it's very calming just make your own little farm get married uh i'll, I'll give you this they just they released a new patch for the game like today so like that it significantly in- increases the size of the map, gives you new gameplay mechanics. Ooh. So we could say that it's like a okay. a new release. Thank you. So it counts. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there you, are, you can have this one. There was another patch like in June or something like that too. Um, it's, it's a living document. Yeah. It's a living document. Like yeah. Yeah. It's uh yeah, it's a fun, it's a fun little game. It was nice to just play a game that was, uh, there's no real goal besides just picking and selling vegetables. Jarred a lot of pickles. I'll say that much. I, I mean to get back into it. Uh, I don't know if it if it saved my my level my my farm I made, but one of the unfortunate side effects of the internet is just like looking up like what other farms people have developed, and once you kind of just see like the potential and like oh that's just going to take so much time. Yeah, you kind of deflate it deflates my personal balloon when I see those videos. So that's on me. But yeah, you've talked nothing but great things about this game, and I hope to get more into it yeah well you, you you talked to me about that you told me that like early on when i started playing it and um and i was recommending it this year on some of our ugtos um but yeah uh i would say that it's it's not as daunting and insurmountable as you think like you get it doesn't take i think within the first year i was able to have some kind of automatic sprinkler system where i'm not like watering every individual patch of like ground you know like pumpkin seeds yeah like you yeah. It, it, you don't have to i i totally get what you mean though because i played like Fortnite, 
And it's the same kind of thing where people are doing shit I don't even understand in that game. And I was just like, I'm not playing this. This isn't for me. Mm-hmm. How are you hovering in the sky building a wall? I, I don't understand. <laughs> it's just because, yeah, you know, it's like an eight-year-old that does nothing but play this game. Um, right. But yeah, I, get, I can't compete with the eight-year-olds anymore. Right. Yeah. No, God, don't, don't even bother. Um, but yeah, that's, that's my number 17, Stardew Valley. All right. Yeah. One of these days, uh, we're going to play co-op multiplayer yeah, together. I'd love that. In, in, in a, the same space or something. Come, I don't know how multiplayer works really any, anymore. But. I don't know either, but you can come visit my farm. I have been debating picking up Friday the 13th, the video game. And then uh, maybe we could play that with some people. I don't know. That'd be fun. Some Something <laughs> that isn't Jack in the Box. <laughs> Uh, something that isn't on Zoom. Uh, uh, all the love, all the love to Zoom games, but uh, we're all looking forward to that day where we can move that icon to the trash bin. <laughs> yes, yeah. so, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming. Not yet, but it, it, that day will. No, it'll it'll um, it'll be the psh, heard around the world. Yeah. <laughs> My number sixteen is the Vast of Night, the Amazon original film about a uh, some something spooky happening in the sky, and uh, there's a. a a radio show host and his friend who manages the, the telephone switchboard. They get some callers. They do a little investigating. Uh, it's set in the fifties. It's one of the best episodes of 24 I've seen in a while, just cause it's almost like a, it all happens in real time in 90 minutes. Uh, just a great love letter to technology of the old, just real to real, you know, audio tapes and Nagras recorders and, uh, just when those technologies were just new and fun and not a, if you wanted to have a show like a podcast, you'd have to get like a license and, you know, be a trained technician and uh, maybe even get paid for it. I don't know. Yeah, I uh, but you like this movie, right? I remember you were telling me. I, that. Yeah, I loved this movie. It was a uh, nice little surprise. I will argue, Jaya, though, this movie came out in 2019. No. Yeah. So what? welcome to the fucking club, buddy. Uh, <laughs> I thought fucked up. I didn't you do my research. <laughs> For uh, Wait, people I, who can't I'm, see, I left my um, keys downstairs, so I am attempting to open a beer bottle with pliers. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. Uh, yes, it premiered at the Slamdance Film Festival in January 2019, but it premiered in the United States on May 29, 2020. Okay. Okay. All right. I hate I hate fact checking, Justin. I, I don't mean to. I, I mean nothing by it. I'm just. No, you know what? People come to us for people come to us for the facts, <laughs> and I, I don't want to let them down. There's enough deception so. in uh, the world right now. We we should, we need to be straightforward with people. That's fine. I'll take that. IMD, IMDb can be deceiving when you just like see this the title like that's the night uh, uh, parentheses 2019, and you just assume that that's obviously when the ma- majority of the public saw it. But no, it's just like some film festival. It, it played on a screen, and people had to like sit on the floor to watch it. But now you can watch it at home. So. Um, yeah, check out the Vast of the Night. It's re- really good. Looks really great. Um, and a lot of just like real slow build kind of scenes. Uh, almost made my list, but I saw the 2019 thing and I was like, well, I better not put too many things from this year mm. or from 2019 on here. But you already gave me that Stardew Valley. Yeah, well, you, you, you so, fucked me on that one. <laughs> Peck. Uh, Justin, what's your number 16? <laughs> my number 16 is the Tony Hawk 1 and 2 remaster that came out uh in september um this was my cyberpunk 2077 of this year um but unlike that game uh <laughs> lived up to his expectations um wah, wah. yeah uh, no i've um 
I remember hearing about it early in the summer that they were remastering and re-releasing Tony Hawk with the original soundtrack plus like new songs. Um, yeah, and it's just it's just great. It was like only it was only like forty dollars. Uh, they released the warehouse level early so you could play that, which was like okay because you know like you played it a little bit, right? It was only like two minutes you could I play did, it. Yeah, it's just fun having demos again. You know, like mm. I just remember just like that was one of the greatest joys of of my life as a kid, just like getting a demo disc of. You know, for Dreamcast or PlayStation, just like, hey, check these games out. You can play it for like an hour, and then <laughs> that's it. Maybe you can just make a decision. Yeah, it just give you. It's just one of those those vestiges of the of the of the, of the video game market that has gone by the wayside. But yeah, Tony Hawk, I played a little bit of it. Not not enough. I think we we needed to get like a multiplayer. Yeah, that would have been fun. Thing going. Yeah, we just never made that happen. But well, never say never. I think this game. We'll find a new kind of uh, light with a lot of people because my friend Travis messaged me and he was like, yeah, I really, this is game is great. I love playing this again, but it's all, it's, it also kind of makes me sad because the last time I played this, it was like, you know, I'm usually like in a room full of friends and we're all kind of like taking turns and stuff like that. Um, so I yeah. think like once we can all be together again and, you know, throw on some Tony Hawk because the last time I played it was in college, you know, uh, and again in the dorms and people always around wandering in and out we'd all like watch each other play it um yeah you pass the control yeah. around you play for two minutes all right i'm done you pass the next person you just you, it's just one of those socially acceptable video yeah. games instead of didn't have a narrative you had to like pay attention to no. um uh, it's just fun and uh the songs yeah. kick ass and they updated the graphics really well all the levels are aged um so they look like older than they did when the game first came out like you know some of the um buildings are kind of like the the mall level has like a bunch of broken windows now and there's like a bunch of overgrowth of vines and stuff like that um yeah it's just really fun i i was just looking forward to a game i could just pick up and play for 10 minutes if uh, you know if maybe i was in between things or um just didn't feel like committing to like something for a long time it's like oh i'll just pick up play some tony hawk maybe listen to a podcast or put on I like putting on my own music while listening to it. If I get tired of the soundtrack, um, mm. just fun, just a good fun game, and it was uh, some nice positivity in this year. So yeah, it's cool. Like we're seeing like a lot of success with video game remastering, like Tony Hawk. I've heard good things about the Final Fantasy remaster remake. Uh, you're seeing that more in video games, but not in movies. Like when they redo the Lion King in like live action, everyone's, everyone's like, "Fuck off, we don't need yeah. this." But but the games are actually having some success in like just like kind of kind of putting the thing in a microwave oven, or maybe no, they put the movies in the microwave. Yes, but games that they put in the conventional oven, yeah. like you're supposed to. So. Low and slow, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that's my uh, number sixteen. So. My number 15 is The Queen's Gambit, the Netflix miniseries that made chess sexy again. <laughs> it's this, I don't know what to say about it. It makes me want to start playing again once I can be in a room with a person. And, you know, you can play it by uh, yourself. I do enough things by or, myself. Or, you know what, Jai, I've seen people do in movies? <laughs> what? Is the, uh, somebody, like, they'll call somebody, like, overseas and be like, all right, here's my move. Ooh, and then hang yeah. up, and then it's like, hmm, okay. I think they did it, yeah, in Blake Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah. Have... You see that, that? That's just like a like like old spies would do that. They just like mail each other like moves. They just get a letter in the mail and just like uh, Q three. All right. <laughs> uh, 
and they make a move and then like 20 years pass and <laughs> it's like this is the greatest thing I've ever done in my life <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah, good. it's this gorgeous, gorgeous pe- uh, period piece. Uh, it's another entry in my favorite genre, of competence porn, where just someone's skill level is so high, and then you just see them just plow through this world with just their pure talent and just not effortlessly, but just like there's no obstacles because like it's they're so good at what their their, their skill is and. It, there's just there's a joy in just we discover this world as they do, but not through like any real. They have you know she has a lot of struggles with with addiction, mm-hmm. family, not so much family trauma, which was kind of notable. She wasn't like, you know, do you watch it? No, I haven't seen it yet. I've seen okay, uh, okay. Addison's been watching it, and uh, so I occasionally mm-hmm. I would sit down and watch a few minutes of it. Uh, but I noticed there was something going on with like her and her like the guy who taught her or tra- like her coach. So it seems like there is like an emotional like undercurrent with her life. Oh, absolutely, like, yeah. It's not just some... like chess, 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 chess. That's just kind of like mm. uh, you know a tool to move the story along. But um, yeah, it looks really yeah. good. It, yeah, and like I, I was just I, I'm a fan of just like having like one and done. Like okay, it was a good story for seven, eight episodes. Just leave it. But if they did a second season, it ends in a really cool place that like there could be more stories to tell. Okay. Uh, hell of a cast and yeah wouldn't have thought a show Knight about chess bishop uh would uh yeah. capture people's attentions like in the in the year of the tiger king i wouldn't think that this would find such popularity <laughs> you know what i mean or maybe mm-hmm. everybody was just mm-hmm. so starved and was just like oh my god thank you something <laughs> something else but I mean, I, I mean maybe like 2020 is like the chess game we've been playing our whole life yeah maybe know? and it's finally it's it's finally checkmated us mm-hmm. It's possible. Know. We saw we saw some relevance in that. Yeah. I don't know. Every two uh, every two to ten years, somebody teaches me how to play chess again, and then I just forget. So I, I don't know how to play. Yeah, I tried setting up a board at my parents' house like a while ago, and I just like I, I knew like I knew where all the pawns go. That's easy. I know where the king and queen go. I in the middle back row. I know the rooks go in the end, but then the the bishops and the knights. Uh, I'm like. I'm, um, head over tails. I, I don't know. Yeah, I wanted to look it up, but I decided not to. All right, I just I just lived with not knowing. Yeah, yeah I think we need to live with not knowing a little bit. <laughs> it's good. Justin, what's your number fifteen? My number fifteen is Lovecraft Country on HBO. Um, really uh, amazing show. I know you. We were all kind of watching it together, uh, talking about it each week. Um, yeah, just uh. Incredible storytelling, uh, really good visuals. It's uh, a little bit early in the list just because for me, the season kind of, um, there's a few episodes there where I was kind of, there's like a little too much happening for me. Uh, the pacing was kind of strange. Um, but uh, yeah, I, again, I'm, I'm specifying the, the, the show. I heard that our friend, friend of the show, John Lunger says the book is incredible. So I'm actually picking up the book um, soon. And I'll be reading that. Um, but yeah, the show I thought was really good, especially that pilot episode. My God, so good. Hell of a pilot. Yeah, that's... I, I have to admit, I, I kind of fell off after, I think, episode five. Mm-hmm. I just... I, I don't know if it's other things were going on, but like some of the pacing was also kind of yeah. threw me. Like The second episode was just not that no, good. No, it wasn't. It was a little disappointing. It was just a make... It's just like when, it's, when it makes you focus on things and you question, why, do, why am I... Why are we seeing this happen? Why, like... You kind of have to like. I want to live with the main characters more before we start like learning 
about like the emotional lives of the tertiary villains. Yes. You know, it just, yeah. you got to pace, you got to parse that stuff out. Yeah, it was just more uh, jarring because I, the pacing of the first episode was so like kind of, there was like a nice slow build into some ki- like real kind of out there stuff. Um, yeah. Like really. The whole car chase when they're getting chased by those cops as the sun's going down. Like, that was just enthralling yeah. television right there. Yeah. Um, goal of the show uh, is just, uh, yeah, the show has monsters and stuff in it. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler alert. Uh, but uh, the racism is scarier than the monsters. Racism is the, is the real scary monster of, of the, um, the show. And it, it definitely feels as if it was made for this time to come out this year. Uh, it just has that feeling. Um, just because of everything that's happened, that's happened. Uh, and, um, yeah, it's really, uh, it's really great, but yeah, it definitely Jaya, I, I would revisit it at some point. It recovers a little bit. I would say the, the final episode again, kind of suffers a little bit from that pacing thing, but they, the way they wrap it up is good. It goes some places, but, um, are they doing a season two? I, is there a word of that or is, is it? Don't remember. I may have looked that up, but I think at the time I looked, it, it was, I wasn't sure. I hope they do. But at the same time, it seems like they've kind of told the story that they want to tell. All right, yeah, get out while the going's yeah. good. So, but yeah, check that out. It was uh, it was good. Cool. My number fourteen is Palm Springs, mm. the Hulu original film starring Andy Samberg and Kristen Milioti, Peter Gallagher, and J.K. Simmons. Uh, it's brought new life to the whole time loop film that we've seen like Groundhog Day and Groundhog Day and you know Groundhog Day and I'm really what about Groundhog's Day <laughs> trust Groundhog's Day uh, Groundhog's Day is another one yeah uh just a movie bursting with color and f- jokes uh just incredible chemistry with the two leads uh Meredith Hagner Portia from Search Party uh please marry me I'll let you, I'll make everything okay <laughs> even though you are hilarious when you're uh emotionally distraught yeah <laughs> Uh, I don't know what that says about me, but no, I, it just was a, a really just a fun jaunt that really was the movie for 2020 where time has no meaning and we're repeating the same day over and over again. Yeah. And remember weddings? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it, it's just a blast. Uh, JK Simmons as like, he's also in the movie. I don't want to say too much more. No, I wouldn't reveal too, too much. But yeah. the movie is, uh, as much as it is like kind of like a Groundhog's Day scenario, Mm-hmm. It's it does something different with it. Yeah, so it's not like, yeah, it's not what I expected when I watched it, and it was it was nice. It was a nice twist, and I watched it with my mom, and she really liked it. So, it is a good mom. Yeah, it's movie. a good mom movie. It's simple. It's ninety yeah. minutes. For the love of God, ninety minutes. I'll take right? it. All mo- I, you know, I've said this before. All movies should be ninety minutes or three hours. Nothing in between. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really good. I love J.K. Simmons. Uh, and yeah, it's just um, just fun, just a fun movie. It was a nice surprise. Mm. There's a moment with him where just the expression on his face just shot joy throughout my entire body. Uh, J.K. Simmons. It's, just, it's Jake. It, there's there's a moment when he realizes something yeah. towards the oh, end. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and just the look on his face is just oh god, mm-hmm. uh, just pure sunlight beams just coursing through my veins. Really great performances. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, where are we at? Number Justin, what's your number 14? My number 14 is HBO's The Outsider. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah. 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 Super fucking good. Uh, Jamie and I, yeah. uh, early in the year, this debuted, I think, in January. Um, maybe January or February, but we were, it, it was early. It was early mm-hmm. January. I watched the finale of your house. I remember. Yes. I came over. That was for one that. of the last, yeah. that was the last time you were over here. I think well, for an extended amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you've been over on the porch and like, you, yeah, just, uh, yeah. Um, but, uh, yes, but there was a, I was like, Oh, this is a, this could be a fun tradition. HBO Sundays at Justin and Jamie's house. Yep. And, and it w- turned out just great. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, imagine if we could have watched Lovecraft country together. That would have been great. Mm. Um, but that's, that's what would prevent me from falling off a show is if I had like a social mm-hmm. obligation or just a, like a, a reason to go watch it. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch it live with some friends mm-hmm. as opposed to just like it's just going to pile up on my television. I don't know how things pile up. Yeah, but. they pile up. But the, but yeah, pile up. The Outsider, though. Please. Yeah, no, it's just great. It's uh, super fucking creepy. It's a Stephen King's – it's based off of a, of a Stephen King story. I don't know if it's a novella or a novel. Um, but – it, I don't know. It just goes in interesting places. And Stephen King historically for me, uh, will occasionally have a hard time wrapping things up, like ending his stories. I think he has a difficult time. Sometimes they get a little too crazy for me, but this was, uh, this ended well. I, I feel like it was like as a whole really, really strong and it really just like disturbing and creepy. And it really kept me guessing the whole time. And it was just, uh, it was great. I don't know. Uh, I lo- I'm a big fan of horror and um, really great performance uh, by uh, um, is it Jason Bateman? Jason mm-hmm. Bateman. Ben Mendelsohn was the mm-hmm. star. We had Bill Camp. Yeah. Uh, the girl, I believe her name, uh, Cynthia Arivo. Arivo yes. is like this uh, kind of on the spectrum investigator just a genius but like socially just kind of lacking some areas but yeah but and they kind of left in a place where you thought it unfortunately got canceled it was it got renewed but then they canceled oh it. was there was going to be a season the, two there was gonna be a season two but then they decided to take a pass oh, on okay it. well i mean uh it could just be, the way it ends it's fine yeah i mean you got the sense there was more with her story yeah. like just like when she's looking in the mirror at something yeah but, yeah, yeah, I remember I liked like the first half of this show that yeah, towards the end it, it kind of fell off a bit, but I I was just really I really enjoyed the fact that it was it was written by it was adapted by a Stephen King novel but written by um Richard Price who's this uh novelist and screenwriter who's done a lot of a lot of gritty crime fiction set like in Jersey. He actually wrote on The Wire, he wrote on The Night of, The Deuce. So just kind of mixing like just that kind of realistic uh, crime investigative dialogue and tone with the Stephen King supernatural story was uh, fascinating just to see that experiment yeah. play out over ten, 10 episodes. Yeah, it was it was it was great. Uh, lingering mm-hmm. sense of dread for sure. Yeah, basic premise is Jason Bateman's character is uh, arrested for murder of a child, and uh, things are not what they seem. Um, yeah, The Outsider, check it out. Uh, that brings us to number 13. What's your number 13, Jaya? Number 13. is this movie called Shit House. Uh, I found, I heard great talk about this film. I rented it. Yeah, it's, it was, did not, it, I had to rent on Amazon. It's this debut film from this like young whippersnapper named Cooper Rafe. And it posits, what if college is bad? Or what if some people have bad college experiences? You know, we've seen Animal House. We've seen old school Partying, hooking up with with people, just doing drugs, woo, 
it's college, but like this movie is like, hey, some that's sometimes not always cracked out to be. And it's just this kind of set over this kind of a long weekend as this guy and girl kind of have this kind of hookup that goes, it kind of gets bumbled, but then they kind of like, they, they attempt to rectify. They have this really kind of fun night of connection. Uh, it's called Shit House because like one of the parties is at this frat house called Shit House. That's how you know it's a good house. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's where all the shit is. Uh, it also stars uh, the director and writer stars in the movie. It also stars Dylan uh, Galula, who was uh, the daughter of Jane Kaczmarek and Kimmy Schmidt, Zan, and Amy Landecker from uh, that show Transparent. She's like the mother, but she's just on the phone the entire time. But uh, this movie just really it, it gave me the feels. I hate that phrase, but I'm just using it. Uh, just this once. Uh, you know, as you know, we all have. Uh, some of us went to college. Uh, I, I had a decent time, but also in other ways, not. You know, there was some definitely some moments of darkness and just uh, what the fuck am I doing here? Am I living up to what this has been hyped to be? All these all, before I got here, it's and this was just a movie that just kind of shed a different perspective on that thirteenth uh, grade. Very nice. So. Check it out. I hope it sees um, uh, more distribution on the streaming services. So it's just on Amazon, you uh, said? I, I had to rent it through okay. Amazon, yeah. Uh, I, I can't say the title is doing it any favors, which is an expletive in the, yeah, the title. Yeah, that but, makes it hard. Uh, yeah, and honestly, like, look, I'm not telling the guy how to name a movie he got uh, on in f- film festivals, but uh, maybe don't use a profanity <laughs> word in your title. I don't know. It, Walmart might have a problem with it, buddy. <laughs> and if Walmart doesn't carry your movie, then you're never going to make it. Got to end mm-hmm. up in that bargain bin, baby. Right, right next to the full screen DVDs. <laughs> uh, Justin, what's your number 13? Well, speaking of the feels, my number 13 is Feels Good Man, a documentary uh, about the internet meme Pepe the Frog. Um, which I've mentioned on the show once before uh, in one of our Ugto sections. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, Pepe the Frog was cre- a little cartoon frog created by um, this cartoonist Matt Fury. He's been drawing him for years as part of the series Boys Club. It's like a little comic book, um, and it ended up uh, people on 4chan found it and kind of turned it into a meme. And then it kind of from there, the documentary is about how this uh, Pepe was like kind of snowballed into becoming a symbol for hate and uh, racism and white supremacy and uh, about how it really uh, Pepe the Frog's image was uh, pretty instrumental in getting uh, Trump elected. Um, It's insane. And that sounds like a pretty big leap and that's not a pun. That's not intended because I know it's a frog, (laughs) Um, but you just, you really feel for this guy. Uh, He, it, it kind of gets out of his control pretty early. He kind of hears like occasionally people, his friends would send him stuff like a little memes with Pepe. And if it, nobody's a, you know, familiar with Pepe, he's like a, uh, he's just like a little frog. Um, and his catchphrase was, uh, feels good, man. Um, and it was from a comic where Pepe is, uh, peeing with his pants down and his friend walks in on him and it's like, Hey, Oh wait, why are you peeing with your pants all the way down on your ankles? And he just says, well, it feels good, man. Uh, so, People took that and used it, and uh, I don't know. There's this whole uh, group on 4chan of people that uh, of people who literally just live in 
their parents' basements in trash and filth and uh, are proud of it. And Filth monsters. Yeah, and it's just it, – it's it's an insanely complicated story that – but they do a really good job with it, and Matt Fury becomes aware that this is happening and actually takes it um, to court to try to win Pepe back and liberate him from – um, as a symbol of hate, you know, cause he's like, I'm just the dude trying to write children's books and just, you know, it's a story about an artist. Like what if your art is like kind of taken from you and like out of control and like, mm. you know, it's like, he's not, that's like the complete opposite of like what he stands for. And he's like so heartbroken. Um, but it's really good. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, the directorial debut of, let's see here, uh, Arthur Jones, um, mm. I think I heard him and uh, the author, the, the artist on. Uh, I think Mark, Mark Maron had him on their podcast this past fall, and uh, I had not seen the film, but it's literally, literally, I was literally going to watch it like this week. It's great, maybe, but I mean, it's it's. Yeah. I would say it's along the lines, the same thing as like the social dilemma, where uh, kind of mm-hmm. give you a behind the scenes look of what the fuck is going on and why maybe we all feel so insane. Um, cause I'd heard about, I do remember seeing all those memes like yeah. in 2016 all on the internet, just like, and, and it, yeah, I instantly associated it with just like. Uh, alt-right shitheads yeah. uh, on, on those websites like 4chan, 8chan, which I will not even trudge in because like disgusting. I'm worried. Yeah. I'm worried of just even logging into those sites. I mean, like, literally, they're just like their havens for like child pornography and all kinds of just illegal, terrible yeah. shit. And also, I'm like just terrified. Like if I just log in, they're going to like dox me somehow. Just Yeah, they don't want you address. there. <laughs> I don't even want it. I don't want to go there. Well, they I don't, don't want you there. <laughs> I don't want, I, I was not interested in going to 4chan. <laughs> well, they're so, happy uh, about that. <laughs> Yeah. Well, good. <laughs> Everybody wins. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I uh, definitely let me know how you feel about it. It's 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 a little scary, um, a little sad, but it has a it has a positive um, message for sure. They even have like a guy like a um, I don't know what the his kind of title is, but he has like a doctorate in like uh, uh, esoteric like, sim- you know, like he kind of discusses how like it became like, kind of like a magic symbol of power of like mm. people pouring all of their energy into this thing that actually caused like real life like ripples, you know? It's it's crazy. Okay. But yeah, it feels good, man. You can actually I think you can watch it for free um on the PBS streaming service maybe. Um oh, that's nice. That's nice yeah. of them. So, I I mean yeah. I had to rent it. I, I I I'm just predicting that it ends like Jane Silent Bob Strike Back where like uh, he just goes to all the houses of every fortune user and just beat the yep. shit out of them. Yep. So that's what happens. Spoiler, spoiler. Right, yeah, you don't have to then. watch it now. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, number 12. My number 12 is what we do in the shadows. Oh, season boy. two. Uh, two words, Justin, Jackie Daytona, Jackie fucking Daytona. Uh, uh, like, you know, it's a mockumentary. It made the mockumentary format fun mm-hmm. again. You know, it got kind of played out with The Office and Parks and Rec and Modern Family and all this other kind of ripoff, just talking to the camera stuff. But we had a bit of a lull in those types of shows, and now they brought it back. And uh, as a vampire, following a couple of vampires living in Staten Island, and it's just just a comfort show. Even though, like, you know, like I've never been like a big vampire guy, that, that whole gothic flavor is not something I seek out, but... This this show is firing jokes like fastballs, tight twenty minute episodes, uh, great comedy. Some of the best guest stars and dynamics. Some and, of the best writing and like jokes I've yeah. heard and seen in a while. Really, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, 
so good. Such it's one of my favorite shows ever, <laughs> and and one of my favorite movies ever. Uh, but and I I snoozed on it for so long until this year, um, because I was like, there's no way that the show is going to be as fun as the movie, and people kept telling me I was crazy. I had to watch it. Finally, did. Holy shit, so good. Yeah, and and, and it, you it don't just, have to like vampires. Antenna. No, no, it's, it you doesn't can, matter. Though. They, make, they make it. You can. I'm sure it helps. They've done their yeah. research. And then there's this great, like, they have all these just great inserts of, like, incredibly drawn artwork of, like, you know, some of the characters, like, from, like, because thou- these characters are, all, are immortal. So there's so much fun to be had with that where they just have had, they've had, you know, hundreds of years of lives before we're following them now and just seeing how they kind of just adjust to living in Staten Island and elsewhere. And, uh, Ten episodes is not enough, you know. It's just one of those things. Like, I'm not saying I wish it was on like on, on like a network, like a NBC, but I wish there was like a 22 episode season of this show. Oh, yeah, where we just had more of it. I know? mean, and I t- someday yeah. we'll have that. There's only, I mean, they've only made 20 episodes so far. So someday, if this show keeps going, we can look back, like we can binge a lot of it. I think it, I think it will. And um, for those people who love the movie and haven't seen this, check it out. Cause it is, it is, you know, created by Jermaine Clement and, um, his, you know, Taika, Taika Waititi. Waititi. Uh, and it does connect. Uh, I won't, I won't say too much to the movies. It is a shared universe. Um, like that does come up. So, uh, um, what's your number, number 12? 12? My number 12, Jaya is pen 15 season two. Yeah, uh, Pen 15's back, baby. Um, for an abbreviated season, it's like six or seven episodes. Um, but yeah, same. What does Pen 15 stand for? Uh, I, I'm kind of confused on this title. Pen 15? Are there 15 pens? Right, write it down. Uh, if, are you in the Pen 15 club, Jaya? I, 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 got, a, I got a pen. Okay, oh, all right. if you write you. it down, you'll be in the all club. Right. All right. All right. P-E-N-1... Oh, I wrote this on my social studies book, yeah, too. Yeah, you did. Oh, you no. <laughs> I should have wrote on the book sock, not the actual book. <laughs> Damn well, it. That's what you get. Pen 15. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, for those not familiar with Pen 15, it's on Hulu. Um, and uh, writing's really great. Uh, the two leads who also write the show uh, play, them, play uh, kids in junior high. Uh, but the rest of the cast are also are actual junior high kids. Like they're all like younger kids. So they kind of stand out, but it's incredible the makeup they put on them, uh, to make them look a lot younger than they are. Uh, make them look like incredibly, incredibly awkward, like awkward teenagers. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, an incredible show and I, uh, highly recommend it. Season two is, uh, really good. I'm just looking up the names, Maya Erskine and Anna Conkle. Um, and it's produced by like Lonely Island. Uh, so, um, yeah, it's just a great show. If you want to relive, uh, the painful years of high school, uh, circa 2000. Nope. 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 No interest. No interest. No, 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 no I do. I, I do want to check it out. Yeah. You and our friends have, 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 have spoken eloquently and lovingly of the show. And there's a couple moments in occasionally in an episode where it's like kind of just, they're leaning on nostalgia a little bit too much. Kind of like, a uh, boyhood the movie mm-hmm. i did watch the pilot i think that's what i, I kind of came away with where i just I, I i i hate just judging it just by the right. pilot but but the the friendship between uh maya and anna is um it's great i don't know and then the show mm-hmm. go like goes places for sure so um mm-hmm. if you're a fan of like freaks and geeks for instance uh 
uh, you'd like this show quite a bit. So, but yeah, that is uh, Pen Fifteen Season Two. Check it out on Hulu. Number eleven, uh, Jaya. What's your number eleven? My, my number eleven is the film First Cow. It's the latest film by uh, filmmaker Kelly Reichardt, one of the more exciting voices on the film scene these days. She also did Meek's Cut Off. And uh, this is set in a 1820s Oregon settlement, and it's about a couple of kind of couple of guys. Oh, I'm on board. Biden time. Just a couple of guys <laughs> hanging out. Yeah, a couple of guys. Uh, they become friends, and they end up stealing milk from this local guy's cow. This rich guy has a cow. He's the first cow in the settlement. And at night, they go and they uh, they, they, they kind of have a culinary background. Ooh. And they start stealing milk after hours. They kind of come up with a little scheme to kind of make these biscuits. Ooh, okay, the all right. Because there's no cow milk anywhere else. And it's that's all it really is. There's just more things. Things uh, things get turned up to, uh, you know. 11? Would you say six? 11? No, no, no. It's it's 1820s Oregon. It's just like things. there's conflict that happens. Uh, but it's just this time America was so full of possibilities um, has a sense of optimism and friendship. You know, one of the th- the themes is like anything worth doing is difficult. It's just a s- it's 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 simple, but it's precise. And I I just love the hell out of it. I wish I saw it in theaters. Is it um like what's it on? Where do you, where can you find it? Uh. Amazon, I think. No, no, it was like it was on Showtime for a bit. I, I watched it through that. Uh, thanks, mom and dad, for the cable account login. <laughs> hey, you can use my Criterion channel anytime you want. <laughs> Will they though? Uh, Will they? Yeah, n- <laughs> no. I told my mom you can use my Shutter account anytime, and I'm not sure she is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. mom, you can use my PlayStation account to play Last of Us anytime you want, but obviously you got uh, buttons to stitch. <laughs> Mom's stitching a lot of buttons these days. Buttons these days, a lot of yeah, buttons mom, popping off. Yeah, <laughs> I love a button stitcher. All right. <laughs> anyway, first cow. It's it's just uh, if you want a movie with like no real violence, just kind of like I said, a couple of guys with a cow, <laughs> but not no, no, no that it's but it doesn't it doesn't go where you think. That's all okay. I'll say. Uh, I mean, yeah, the title makes cow. me think it's like the cow was like elected in a office into the white house no it's just in this particular settlement it's like that's he's like the cow is like the celebrity it's like oh my god we got a cow this is the first one here uh it was supposed to like you know mate with another cow but that cow died on the voyage so there's just one cow now so you know what it makes me think of is um last man on earth when they find the cow <laughs> that's i don't know it just popped into my head yeah oh, what a good yeah. show i wish that had continued uh justin what's your number 11 <laughs> My number 11 is Great British Bake Off Series 11 for number 11. Didn't play hey, that. Hey, that's... Yeah, I didn't. No, I didn't. I just realized that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, The Great British Bake Off. Um, it's a reality show, but uh, different than most reality shows. Um, again, it's been going on for like 11 years now. So, uh, or at least 11 se- seasons. Um, but yeah, uh, a bunch of people uh, are sent to Britain and... Um, uh, they bake cakes and delights under a tent. It's a competition. The main prize is just a cake stand. There's no money, <laughs> nothing like that. Everybody's very supportive of each other. Everybody helps each other. Um, yeah, like if somebody runs out of an ingredient or whatever, it's like, oh, here, let me let me help you. 
here, you can use mine or here, I'll hold this while you put this in. Like, cause everybody wants each other to like, everybody obviously wants to win, but, um, there's really no competition, uh, which is, uh, kind of the antithesis of like most reality TV. And, um, I forget his name, but he was, uh, in the mighty Boosh. Uh, he's, uh, he's like the dark hair. It kind of looks like he belongs in what we do in the shadows. Um, he's a comedian. Uh, he, he kind of, he's kind of the comic relief. King George. What's that? I don't know. I don't know any British actors. <laughs> I said King George. No, I'm going to, I mean, you know, I'm going to look it up as I'm talking here. Um, but yeah, I, I, I got to watch You tell me all the time to watch this. I'm going to watch it someday, Justin. I'm going to put on my Noel list Fielding right Noel now. Fielding is the name. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's good. It's just, it's just very calming. Um, you get really invested in, in these people and, uh, the creations they try to make, you know, um, yeah, it's created by this guy Paul Hollywood, who a lot of people don't like. <laughs> fake yeah, name, fake name, um, fake name. But yeah, it's just, it's just good. Nice show about baking and people um, helping each other, and uh, it's nice. Um, but yeah, this this most recent season was a banger for sure. Uh, they were filming it during the pandemic, so people actually like the whole crew and all the contestants like lived together. Um, and this kind of like they built this like little village for them. Um, or maybe it was like in a hotel they had all to themselves or something like that, but they all like lived together for the entire summer, but as they filmed this, um, so it's kind of a shorter season than, it, than normally, uh, the normal, but, um, yeah, it's, it's good. Um, they, they pulled it off. So, uh, check it out. The great British bake off. That's, that's what we should have done with our group of friends. We should have like, Hey, we're going to make a, we're going to make a, a show, a movie. We're going to make a thing. So like, I guess we all got to live together now. We gotta have like an excuse to tell other people. Yeah. yeah. I guess we gotta live know. together now. I guess we gotta move in together and get a house and uh, <laughs> settle down. Yeah. And, start uh, a you know start planting crops. Yeah. Start a start a family. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Uh, get a get a first cow. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, number ten, Jaya. Number ten. We're, we're at number through. ten. We're I'm cracking through. open. I'm, I'm cracking what open number all the beers. Number I'm three. on number three as well. It's my third beer of the night. It's a Monday night. I have to do a Zoom depot tomorrow. Yeah, I got to go to work early tomorrow. So, so. You can't get too crazy. But we're halfway through. Um, well, I got more Klondike bars in the freezer. <laughs> go so go who fucking knows? wild. <laughs> my number ten is Mrs. America, the FX miniseries aired this spring. About the passage of the Equal Rights Amendment uh, following the very, very bad woman Phyllis Schlafly and her opponents uh, like Gloria Steinem and Shirley Chisholm. Uh, just a great period piece, stellar acting, production design, John Slattery. Uh, you know, you know me, Justin. If, it's, if your show has hyper-focused, character-based episodes that double standalone short stories, then you got me for life. Yeah. So... That's, uh, yeah, that was my number 10. I really, also part of my, uh, this trilogy that I, this pattern I'm noticing of TV drama episodes where a character goes on a hotel odyssey, most recently seen in The Sopranos season yeah. six and also The Leftover yeah. season two. So just, uh, hey, just drive your protagonist in a hotel and see what happens. <laughs> are they dead? So, or are they not? Uh, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> we said that, 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 that's, that's yeah. on us. You know, you can, you can, uh, no labels. If you if you if, if having trouble coming up with an episode idea, break glass and just put them in a hotel yeah, for an hour. It works out every time. So, 
I mean, look at Barton Fink. The whole fucking thing's in a hotel. <laughs> Justin, what's your number 10? My number 10, Jai, I'm breaking the rules again. You're going to be very upset with me. Oh, no. Oh, I'm actually breaking the rules a few times in a row here. <laughs> but my number 10 is The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Um, this is a movie uh, released by A24 that I um, just didn't get a chance to see. I, uh, it was something I'd heard which was really good um, throughout 2019. I think I believe it came to ArtsQuest uh, and went, and I missed it. But I finally sat down and watched it this past spring, and I cried. It was really good. Such a good movie. Um, A24 produced uh, yes, distributed it, they distributed right? it. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they've got a hell of a oh, track yeah, record. for sure. Um, yeah, it's just uh, just really good. Uh, really uh, resonated with me, too, um, especially uh, the uh, you're not, you're not allowed to hate it unless you love it kind of line I, th- I might be butchering that a little bit um yeah just uh the concept of home and finding that again once you've lost it and uh yeah it's just it's it's really good um highly recommend it uh the last black man in san, Fr- in san francisco I, I believe it's on prime now that's a i might pick up the blu-ray though it's one of those movies i actually might buy i enjoyed it that much oh some nice cinematography yes. colors just uh you want to see that on the big screen yeah. or the small screen at home, but still you don't want yeah. to, you, you want to hold on to it in case Amazon just gives it up. For some yeah. Reason. And then just, What's yeah. Happen? Oh, it could, they could just pull it. And then who the fuck mm-hmm. knows where, where to find things when they're gone from streaming services now. Um, but yeah, it's about a man trying to kind of buy back his, uh, his childhood home. Um, yeah, I'll say that much. That's it. Um, nice. but yeah, uh, Jaya number nine. My number nine is Eddie Pepitone for yes. the masses. Yes, this is uh, what, what, what just uh, you know, God bless Eddie Pepitone. I, I've been such a fan of his for years. Just, he used to like guest spot on Mark Maron's live podcast episodes. It, like, it was like he, he just he, he did a spot on those. Just just this kind of downtrodden guy. No, he's kind of like a Rodney Dangerfield uh, type character. You know, just like. Nothing yeah, goes his way. a little way. more coarse. Yeah. Uh, you know, really rallies against corporations, which is... Which oh, yeah. Love. His Twitter is amazing. You know, it, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know it's, it's like, uh, if you know, the sky's on fire and we're all dying of disease, but at least we have Denny's Gram Slam <laughs> breakfasts, yeah, you yeah. know? <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, it, it's like there was a great... Uh, bit where you posted in our group chat about him like toasting at a wedding it's just like you know oh yeah he's uh here here's to eddie yeah he's stealing from the elderly and here's to janie yeah she's been in the same improv troupe for 30 years uh, the the scrambled eggs eggs with <laughs> Julie's a Julie's living in a fantasy <laughs> she'll never make yeah. money <laughs> she's living in a fantasy and me, world. my shoulder hurts it just hurts yeah. <laughs> doctor said to sleep on my back but i i i, I roll over it just hurts. It's the same. Uh, yeah, I love uh, I love Eddie Pepitone. Yeah, and beyond all the jokes, just like this, the production design on the stage. She's like flanked by just these stacks of old books. Uh, just hey, a little yeah. class. Uh, you know, you got me there. It's it's gorgeous to look at. Uh, it's streaming on Prime. I think you said you saw it on like uh, Pluto, Pluto TV. TV for, uh, or it's, no, it might be Tubi. Yeah, I watched it on, for free on Tubi. Tubi. Um, 
there's like there's like only a couple ads in there. It wasn't obnoxious. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it was really good. I uh, needed a good laugh the other night and um, uh, saw uh, Erica Rhodes, this comedian I follow, uh, tweet about it. And uh, I was like, oh, I love Eddie Pepitone. I, I watched his previous special. I, I forget what it was called, but I really enjoyed that. I like him quite a lot. Uh, he's quite the underdog character. And I, and I love a comedian with uh, an anger an angry streak uh reminds me of lewis black in a way you know just kind of just he's like he's the west West, coast lewis black i think that's a really good uh (laughs) like you know little buzz buzzword there buzz phrase hey eddie if you're listening uh feel free to put that on the post he regrammed me i uh tagged him on instagram and uh he uh hey hey, shared me to his feed uh you got regrammed by john gamers too recently yeah yeah Yeah, i'm just i'm working on it baby (laughs) Justin's out there. He's he's pounding the pavement, you know, uh, get, getting those likes, get sharing those pages. You know, you got us uh, watership down. Uh, David Blood Band this mm. year, you know. So I'm trying to work. God damn it. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm still debating if I'm gonna like either go full in on Twitter in oh, January God. or just 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 like, <laughs> I, can't, I can't determine which way I'm gonna go yet. Accelerate or just just hit the emergency brake and just get out while, yeah, while I, I can. You really want to start off. <laughs> the next year after this year <laughs> on Twitter. Look, 2021 for me, I'm going to be all about that engagement, all about that, that content okay. creation. You know, five posts a day. I'm going to just, just pose random questions yeah. to people, re- you know, reach out to people, like just start just flame wars. And uh, you're going to start an OnlyFans? Try to make OnlyFans, uh, Bonely fans. fans. Uh, what is that? OnlyFans is for. I just show you my oh, bones, bone. baby. Okay, all right. You got good bones. <laughs> uh, thank you. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna start like just creating, just like you know, just articles that are just gonna get torn apart on the internet. Like, hey, maybe um, the best way to watch a Terrence Malick film is on your phone. Uh, maybe you should get on Medium. So, I mean, Aaron Alkazov, friend of the show, is on Medium. Apparently, you just write whatever the fuck you want on there. Ah, okay. Aaron, uh, I'm gonna be picking your brain about your <laughs> career, so uh, look, look, look out for my my yeah. missive. I feel like you would make you'd write some good rants on Medium, and then you could tweet about them, and then cause even more. So I'll I'll write on Medium, then I'll tweet I'll tweet to share that post, and I'll screenshot like just the best parts of the of the the post, and I'll put those on Instagram, and then I'll take screenshots of those and post them on Facebook and. Make that like a story yeah. or whatever the fuck those circles are now. Story, uh, sure. Do I have is this is this is this the path to success, yeah. Justin? Yep, that's the only way now. <laughs> it's just be an asshole. This is the way. <laughs> this is the way. This I have spoken. Way. This is the way. <laughs> Justin, what's oh, your number nine? Jaya, I broke the rules again. Oh no, Justin! I know so many rules are broken, but uh. What were the podcast bosses? I don't sales? know. I don't know. We're gonna lose all of our advertisers. Um, yeah. So sorry to uh, Wegman's sparkling water, <laughs> but um, <laughs> the Sopranos. Just the hey. Sopranos. I have yet to finish the series. I have two episodes left in season six A. Um, but yeah, it's a show that I discovered um, this year. Uh, I mean, I didn't discover it this year. I always knew it was around, but it was one of those shows that's just like been hyped up to me since literally like 1999, 2000. Like I've just, I've heard nothing but good things forever. And I was just like, I'm just never going to watch the show. It's just like, it's like, I don't know. I, I, I felt like homework. Uh, yeah. There's like 90 yeah. episodes. 
Italian guys and the mafia saying, bada yeah. bing, what do you want from me? I always hey. say to me, like, myself, uh, yeah. like, when am I ever going to have time? I'm never going to have just time to watch more stuff. <laughs> so I'm never going to watch it, you know? But then... You're a busy guy. Yeah, You're out in the world. You're doing things. I'm busy. Yeah. But you know what? This year, for some reason, I had more time on my hands. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm going to watch The Sopranos. And holy shit, lives up to the hype. Really great. I, mm. I would say some of the early seasons, like season one is one of my favorites in season five. Um, I know the show is still kind of figuring out what it was in season one, but um, I love the humor of it. Um, it's the funniest season, yeah. probably season one it's still like it had just this kind of it was like the most 90s of them all and uh that kind of light rock soundtrack they had a lot of the scenes and yeah it was it was before the show was like nobody knew what the show yeah. was then it was created in right. a vacuum exactly it was just so innocent you know and um edie falco mm-hmm. is so good yeah it's just such a great show and i love how it evolves it, you know it has some dips as we've talked about uh mm-hmm. briefly on the podcast like you know like season three like, like there's a couple episodes here and there throughout the series that are not, you know, that are okay. They're like, it, it's just like, it's such a high caliber show that the dips are more noticeable. That's, that's the only reason why they're still good episodes, but yeah, season five is really great. I love, I just love where it goes. And, um, I scarily relate to Tony more than I'm comfortable with sometimes in certain, you know, moments, uh, as a person who maybe, mm-hmm. you know, has dealt with anger in the past and maybe still does on an everyday basis. You you famously impulse bought a yes. racehorse for like you know that you took off a, a guy that worked for you and just and sadly that uh, horse passed away and I had a portrait it, painted of me with the away. horse and I threw yeah. it away and then I funny enough Jaya one of the last times I was at your guy, apartment you had a that the yeah. painting I threw away was and I was I was kind of painted to look like Napoleon for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, I, you're Justin, you're a leader. You know, you're taking this podcast in new directions in the 21st century, and I just thought that you deserve to have that that status just cemented for all time. Yeah, but what are you doing? In, How do you think in, that makes uh, me feel? Technicolor. Have my fucking painting up there on your wall. It's out of respect, Justin. Why? Hey, you never come here no more. It was all pandemic. I thought I thought it'd be fine just to. To have your 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 essence just displayed on my plaster. You listen to me. You throw that painting out. Uh, I'll fucking break your fucking skull. <laughs> hey, 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 Justin. All right, no need for that. Hey, just you know. Uh, all right, fine. Burn I gotta it. go talk to Johnny Sachs. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's on r slash conservative. Let's <laughs> <laughs> go, go, go talk to him there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, just uh, just a great show, and like season, um, I guess spoilers, you know, for Sopranos. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, the Fuck the first it, it, it show, it, it, like uh, the first half of like season six A, and when we talked about it, like the hotel kind of episodes, mm-hmm. and ha- taking your main character and kind of um, putting him in the background for the most of the uh, show is just like I don't know, just like a bold move, and it worked. You know, I love I love uh, the power mm-hmm. vacuum that happens. And he even says it to uh, his therapist of just like, it's like you know, yeah, you know, they're all my, they're all my friends, but a bunch of fucking badgers, you know, like they'll, they'll you know, like they'll, 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 they'll stab you in the back, and uh, they, they laugh at your jokes, you know, yeah. and that's it. They just want what they yep. can get from you. But yeah, The Sopranos. Oh, cool. You got you, you've got a great final season to look forward to. Uh, yeah, so. I, I unfortunately hit, hit after hit after hit. After I know hit. the ending. I watched the last minute. Yeah. Because, you know, in 2006 yeah. or whenever it ended, 
that everybody was talking about mm-hmm. it. And I was like, well, I got to see what they're talking about. Right. Um, and I yeah. didn't, yeah, you, you gotta, gotta see it. Um, but yeah, Sopranos, if you haven't heard of it, uh, it's this little show on HBO that, you know, huh. ran for a, a few seasons. So check it out. I'll check it I'll, I'll check it out. I okay. hear good things too. I'll Great. check it out someday. All right. Uh, number eight, Jaya. My number eight is 000, this uh, Amazon gritty, multi-perspective crime drama about... Uh, about cocaine and it follows this single drug deal that goes from Mexico to Italy and uh, just from the perspective of like the buyers the sellers uh, the distributors like the, the people who ship it like on this like on this on this boat which is like run by actress Andrea Riseborough and her brother uh, it's just one of those shows that like kind of like the wire where it shows you just multi different perspectives and systems and structures like soprano season four uh nah, this less jokes and this is like it's pretty ultra okay. serious uh yeah it, it's like it humanizes all the like this kind of takes you on i keep using the perspective not using the perspective <laughs> anymore perspective just it's all you're about three perspective. Beers in, you're having perspectives <laughs> it's three fours in it's got this. He's got this really cool sequence to like this one corrupt Mexican cop, like basically spend an episode training a uh, a child army from the ground. Love the a ground child up. army, and it just, it just <laughs> love a good child army. Look, like half of them don't got parents. It's like these put a put a gun in their hands and just show them how to uh, how, to, how to do a, a pincer move and a f- flank a convenience store and uh, they, they all kinds of stuff on ropes and uh, you know marching and yeah, it's great. It's Andrew Riseborough is like kind of the pseudo star, and I could just like go. I just want to swim in her eyeballs. I just love her eyes so much. It just 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 drown me in those those corneas. Okay. So, uh, yeah, and it's like the creator of the show. Like, with like, it's based on a book, kind of loosely, which is kind of based on some like true life stuff. He's like in hiding from the real Cosa Nostra. Like, they have a hit out on him, but he still like puts out. He's still. <laughs> He's still working though, so so you got to support people who are in hiding. Oh yeah, of course. So, mm-hmm. so uh, zero zero zero. It's a uh, uh, quite a perspective. <laughs> quite a perspective. Wow, what a review! I've never quite heard of it before about. until you just mentioned it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I really. So it's dug still it. going. It's still it's like one a, of those early one. In a, no, it, it did like eight episodes in the spring, and I have not heard about a season okay. two. Which I, but I hope they do. It, it ended in like a place where like they could go more. They could. This could be. But it, but if if say they didn't, it'd be. It kind of wraps things up. Yeah. If if they wrap things up, you'd be like, at least I got a cool perspective. <laughs> right. I love perspective. You know, I, I love having a different perspective on things. Well, my number eight, Jaya. I broke the yes. rules again. Oh no, Justin! All I these know, rules being broken. I needed a different perspective on things. And you break him, you just throw him on the ground. They're just like you just step on them all I day know. long. I, I I will argue so. though, it's not totally a broken. I didn't quite break the rules, but um, and this is a, you know I broke multiple rules. My number eight is Adventure Time and Regular Show, which is two different shows mm. on the Cartoon Network. Um, there are new Adventure Time. There's like an Adventure Time spinoff show that I think debuted this year on HBO Max. Um. But yeah, uh, this is uh, a combo of shows. I've been waking up every morning in the, since the summer, and I'll watch a couple episodes uh, of each of these shows with my coffee, and it just um, 
just feels good. Adventure Time uh, has this really, it gets really dark at times. Uh, it's a cartoon about uh, Finn and Jake, uh, Finn the human and Jake the dog in the a kind of post-apocalyptic uh, Earth, um, which you kind of find out more about as the show goes on. There's some episodes that reveal some things that have happened in the past and like why things are the, they are the, you know, why they're, uh, you know, how they are now. Um, but yeah, uh, really good and regular show. Can't, you know, sing enough praises for that uh, raccoon and a blue jay. <laughs> I, you know, like I'm not a big cartoon person, but, um, these two shows really tickle me. Uh, and it's just, uh, it's been a nice escape watching them and I hope they, I'm, I, you know, I'm on like season five or six of adventure time. I think I have a few more seasons to go and I'm going to be sad when it's over. Um, yeah. What's your plan when it's all over? I mean, do you have a back, you have a a new show you're going to kind of probably put on a heavy coat and walk into the sea. Yeah. All right. No, I don't know. Uh, I'll probably watch the right. Adventure Time spinoff. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So keep keep making that. Nothing. Nothing ever no, really no, dies. No, no one's, one's ever, ever really, really gone. gone. Uh, yeah, I'll probably start making my own Adventure Times when I'm through that. You know. Yeah, mm. but uh, can't recommend it enough. Uh, just great. <laughs> just a great show. Uh, Mark Marin plays a squirrel in an episode. Oh, is he a yeah. squirrel? I thought he was like some kind of like Ice King no, or something. I could have Ice been King that wrong. is played by I, I forget who. So, yeah, someone, someone else. else. But um, yeah, some nice little cameos. Lou Ferrigno plays like a main character in a, in a couple episodes, like a big central character, and uh, Lauren Lapkus appears at some point. Um, what's his face from Ooh. Rick and Morty? Voices Morty. Um, Justin. Yeah, Justin, Justin something. It's, Justin something. Justin something. Yeah, but he's in it. Justin something. I love Earl of Lemon Grab. Uh, but yeah, great show. Mm. Uh, well, both shows are great. So uh, I'd recommend that. Cool. My number seven is Dave. Dave. Season one from FX. Not the movie Dave. Dave. No, Dave, the uh, FX sitcom, which uh, when they ordered Atlanta, they thought this is what they were getting. <laughs> Uh, it's about a uh, fictionalized version of the rapper Lil Dicky, this suburban neurotic guy in his 30s, and he's convinced himself he's destined to be the greatest rapper of all time. And it's just this kind of uh, fun show about rap music and jokes and characters, and he's got this this unique perspective on life that's just kind of like pretty optimistic. Okay, I could use some optimism. Have you seen it, Justin? Have you seen it? I feel like no, you I've saw never, it No, I've never watched it. You you talked about you, it a few months ago. never watched this. Yeah, our friend of the show, Evan Hipster, uh, he nice. got me onto it. So I think um, you were recommending it to us uh, in uh, a group text with Kevin or something. Yeah, it was one of those, one of those, one of those things. I mean, there's a lot of... The, the main character famously has a really messed up uh, penis. A pen 15, sorry. And uh, it's just a source Thank of a lot you. of jokes Thank you for on the show. <laughs> sorry, yeah. Uh, yeah, the finale ends with this great joke where you think the whole episode's gonna be like a one rap video that just keeps going on and on and on, and there's some really twisted places. Uh, yeah, just comedy is good again. Who would have thought? There's, there's, there's FX has FX they has do. the jokes. <laughs> is that their? Is that their? Uh, what's their tagline? I, I don't know. TBS knows drama, and uh, HBO is not TV. I think FX has the jokes. I mean, that, I think if we keep saying right. it, they'll they'll start using it. FX has the jokes. Mm-hmm. 
They have It's Always Sunny Philadelphia, the longest-running live-action sitcom of all time. True. Keep waiting so. for new seasons to come on Hulu. I, I watched season 13 and or 14, and uh, I need more. It's, it's Always Sunny in my life. I always forget how good it is. Mm. I take a couple years off, and then I start watching it again. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is really good. But my number seven uh, is Middle Ditch and Swartz uh, by uh, Ben Schwartz and Thomas Middleditch. Filmed some specials. There are two excellent improvisers. Um, they broke the uh, the code for making live improv work as a um, as a comedy special. Uh, many have tried. Many have failed. And uh, yeah, it's uh, they released three specials on Netflix in early 2020. Um, and it's like three different sets, completely improvised, uh, shows. And, uh, yeah, it was just really good. Uh, it was nice to see something that I could actually point to people. Um, cause I, you know, I, I'm one to improvise. Uh, you are a very talented improviser, Justin. No, thank uh, you. I appreciate you're, it. You're, you're one of the best. Oh, well, thanks. In this area. <laughs> no, you are. I mean, <laughs> you said on the podcast that I'm the best teacher. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Best podcaster. Uh, best neighbor. It's not true. Best neighbor. It's not true. Thank you. Thank you. I'll take that one. I'll take best neighbor. Okay. It's a lot of scumbags <laughs> in this area. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, just a great uh, great time. Really funny. A uh, friend of the show, Richie Wormkessel, was in one. Uh, well, is in the audience of one uh, show. Um, and you can kind of see him in the beginning of yeah. one of them. But yeah, uh, really good. It's It was nice because, you know people think of improv they still think of whose lines whose line is it anyway um so it was nice to kind of point to a uh something that was like more accurate to what i've studied and what you know our friends mm-hmm. and you you yourself have performed in the past I've, so I've uh attempted really to form but yes thank you you've done and i've seen it You're yeah good. We, we do have another podcast where we do improv so yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> we, don't, we don't talk about it enough uh escape the podcast escape the podcast seek it out uh Jaya plays a mad scientist, and uh, John Lunger and I and uh, Addison must escape. Mm-hmm. Escape, improvise the escape rooms. Well, the escape rooms are written by right. Jaya, but and we I, improvise I'm the only one who's them. actually been in an escape room apparently in real life. Mm-hmm. So nobody else knows what they are. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, that's my number seven. Right. My number six: movies, cinema, big screen, Tenet. The movie of the summer that we didn't have. Uh, I did not see this in theaters. It just recently came to the on-demand services. Uh, but a friend of mine who's got who buys Blu-rays all the time, he let me access to his uh, Voodoo account where I got to watch it. Uh, this movie melted my brain. Uh, it, it it does some really. I mean, I mean, look, this. We're never gonna have like a real accurate read on this film because. The reviews that we that we have that exist are all based in like, you know, people are risking their lives to go to theaters to see this movie. So like, hey, if it's if it's not the next coming of Jesus Christ, then like, what's the point? Um, but for what from seeing it from as much as a zoomed out perspective as possible, but also like in the comfort of my own home and with subtitles, so I could like hear the actual dialogue. Uh, this movie like this made my brain skip reality planes. I, I love the hell out of it. John uh, David Washington just, just was just amazing and actually infused like some new level of humor. No Christopher Nolan film. Elizabeth Debicki, who maybe should have been the main character because she's the only one that had like a recognizable emotional through line. Uh, they let her be tall. 
Elizabeth, you're listening. Feel free to step on my face any day of the week. Uh, Holy please, shit. Please, I just, whatever you want to do to me, my body. Uh, All right, so you're going to be swimming in what's-her-face's corneas. A- Andrea Risebro's corneas, and I want Elizabeth then, Debecki to step on me. Okay, cool. So, yeah. You know, if, if any ladies are listening, just if, if you're trying to like psycho- psychoanalyze me, uh, th- th- there it is. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Tenet, it's, yeah, man, I just... I'm a big Nolan fan. You know, maybe some of his other movies I have not returned return to, but I just like seeing big action set pieces on 35 millimeter film. I love IMAX. I love just blowing out the senses. Uh, let, I hope that we see more movies like this because I want I wanted to see this in theaters and I made a decision not to, even though there were some opportunities. I was like, it's just not worth the risk at this time. Right. Right. But, I hope to when when theaters are safe to go to again. I love to see this again on a big screen because it's just so much goddamn fun. Awesome. So even though I didn't know what the hell was going on, my brain was doing pretzels in the middle of it by the mid act point. So right, right. So that's, cool. I look forward to watching it. I'm going to rent it sometime soon. Maybe uh, maybe over the holiday. Maybe I'll do a double feature of Wonder Woman and Tenet. Mm. Uh, Chai has <laughs> moved back away from the mic and straightened his back and uh, it's just, frowning. <laughs> oh no, I had nothing. No, it's not a reaction to anything you just said. I'm just Justin, what's your number six? <laughs> okay. Well, my number six was what we do in the shadows, season two. Okay. So, and we already covered that. So, uh, Jaya, what's your number five? My number five, The Last of Us Part Two for the PlayStation oh. 04. Uh, I said it before, I'll say it again, this this game eviscerated my soul. I felt things I never thought I'd feel while holding a piece of plastic in my hand. <laughs> uh, set in a post-apocalyptic zombie wasteland, uh, this was a sequel to an incredible game that I played for the first time this summer. Yeah, you were a big fan of it, and uh, mm-hmm. we had a friend of the show, Alex Clayton, on to talk about uh, this game. And there's just this weird feeling I remember just playing where like you just wanted it to be over because you just didn't want the characters that you were playing just to have any more pain in their lives and it was just this such a devastating story gorgeous as hell gameplay wise oh, yeah. uh, the graphics were incredible the voice the, the acting I, I hate calling it voice acting because like there are it is motion captured by real yeah, talent yeah it's, it's and, acting we, we can yeah, call it acting it's acting Video games are art, Roger Ebert. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, fuck you, Ebert. Mm-hmm. And it does this great, incredible magic trick in the middle of the game where you just start playing a different character. And uh, I've never seen it like I've, I've we've seen games where you you shift characters, but the way they did it and they just kept they held this trick going for like the last the whole other half of the game uh, was an incredible feat. It really and, turns your emotions against you. Yeah. In a way, or, or I, at least your your judgments and your, uh, yeah, I don't know. I had uh, the word perspective written on my, my outline. Different I'm perspective. Not, I'm, I'm not using that word. <laughs> content perspective. <laughs> different perspective on the content. We're all just fucking marketers now. Yeah. Uh, but just, you love this game too. I, I, know, I know that. I don't know. If oh, it, yeah. Did it make your list? Yeah, it did. But you'll have to wait. Okay. And see All right. What number it is? Okay. All right. And I'll speak more on it then. 
Uh, Sounds yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just have, uh, this was a fond three days where I blacked out on my windows with bed sheets just so I could play this during the daytime. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, for three days straight and then just like kind of chatting with friends like hey do you get to this part yet just try just trying to like just kind of like just get a feeling where they are without spoiling anything because you don't want to like right right it's like, hey, do you get to that part what day are you on yeah yeah I, I i unfortunately spoiled the fact that it took place in seattle for you i think because <laughs> <laughs> yeah i uh flipped out i threw my ps4 out the window yeah you started just then... al- you almost like just dunked the hard drive of all of our episodes into the bathroom sink and uh, yeah I marched to your house and pounded on your door, but you're too scared to answer. I was like, Jaya, come out here, face me like a man. I told, I told you, throw a pebble at my window and I'll put the, <laughs> I'll, I'll put the ladder down. You can climb up if you want. Uh, yeah, Last of Us Part Two. God damn, yeah. uh, I don't want to play this game for another couple years. You played it twice already. So. Yeah, might play it again pretty soon. <laughs> I mean, I was all set to lose myself in Cyberpunk 27. Oh, 2077. we all, we what all do I have were. Left? We all were. <laughs> I think it. January 2nd, Last of Us Part 2, might, Part 3 might happen. Oh, jeez. So that was my number five. All right. Well, my number five, Jaya, is I'll Be Gone in the Dark, HBO documentary series about the... Um, uh, true, it's a true crime documentary series about, uh, uh, you know, based on the book by Michelle McInera, who sadly uh, passed away um, back in 2017, 2016. I forget. Um, I've had too much to drink. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a it's a great it's a great uh, it's it's a creepy, disturbing ride. Um, about the based... they, she catches well she the Golden State Killer in California. Yes, yes the Golden State Killer. Uh, yeah, she manages to link like murders happening in Northern California with murders happening in Southern California back in like the seventies, um, when like police, like the you know the police weren't really uh, communicating with each other as much as they do now, um, and kind of figures out that like oh this is the same guy. But yeah, she was just kind of like a, a fan of true crime, and she had a blog which like blew up. And, uh, yeah, she ended up kind of, uh, changing the way law enforcement look at evidence, you know, in a lot of ways and, um, or just like open up different ways of like looking at, uh, solving cases, a Um, a new perspective. Yeah. I would say a new perspective (laughs) of the content that police have to like browse through. Um, but yeah, it was really good. Uh, but yeah, the, the, and the series, um, uses a lot of like video footage of her and, uh, like audio interviews of her from her, like, you know, documents and stuff like that. So it kind of feels, even though she's passed away, sadly, um, it feels like she's there, uh, you know, and there's some sad moments where her husband, Patton Oswald, um, who's one of my favorite comedians for a long time, mm-hmm. uh, has to kind of like finish the book for her, uh, with her, you know, with her, like, you know, associates, like her friends, like who, you know, were working on this case with her, uh, kind of help, like they all kind of finished it. And, uh, Patton, you know, like the, he gets the golden state killer, like news, like that he's been, you know, caught and sadly, you know, Michelle isn't around for that yeah. too. Uh, you know, if she, if she'd only been able to see this happen and see like her work kind of come to fruition, but, um, yeah, it's a really great, a uh, really great series on HBO. It's like six or seven episodes. Um, I watched it twice, uh, watched it week to week with Jamie. And, uh, then I went and visited my mom back in September and uh, we watched it all one day. <laughs> you 
She was, she was, uh, she was, she loved it. Another uh, good show with the mom. Oh yeah, good mom yeah. show. Yeah, it's a great mom show. It's got a lot of murder and stuff in it, so and spooky stuff. So, but yeah, uh, I'll be gone in the dark. Uh, I'm gonna pick up the book sometime soon and read that. I heard that's really good. So, um, yeah, uh, number four. My number four is Better Call Saul season oh, five. Uh, this show is still on fire. It's still operating at the top of its game. Be careful uh, with spoilers, please. I haven't reached season five yet. Okay. Then I'll just say that they've <laughs> still found. Well, it's still still it's, calling them. They're still calling. Well, <laughs> have they called him Saul yet? Oh God. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah, look, it's the prequel to Breaking Bad. It is getting closer and closer to the events of, of the of that original show. Time will tell with the final season that's due to start filming soon. If this if Better Call Saul is better than Breaking Bad, I mean, there's. The quality of this prequel has been uh it's been unparalleled, I feel like, for prequels spin offs goes go. Uh Kim Wexler is just they're finding so many new layers with her to explore that's just so fascinating. Uh you saw season four though? I think so. The last um kind of season I saw was the conclusion of the storyline with his brother. So that would oh, that be season okay, four? that might have been season three. I was um, okay. Yeah. So it might be a couple seasons behind. I think I maybe saw half of season four. It was difficult because um, it's on AMC mm-hmm. or like at the time it was on AMC and I couldn't access it. It was before it was on Netflix, and then Jamie was watching it. I think Jamie's all caught up. But uh, um, all right, all I'll just say is like masterclass in acting, production yeah. design. Uh, Vince Gilligan kind of he 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 wasn't as actively involved in previous seasons, but he kind of came back and he directed a couple bangers this year. Uh, yeah, it ends in a great place where I cannot wait to see how they wrap this thing up. And if if last I heard, they're just doing a final season of like thirteen episodes, and then that's it. So okay. just, just to see how they link, I'm assuming they're gonna link this show to Breaking Bad. I don't know. They said from the beginning that Brian Cranston would make an appearance. Like that, you would see Walter White at some point. Yeah, who knows? It's just gonna be because, like, you know, you've been seeing they've they've been having these flash forwards every year. Yes, like the first scene of every season is like this black and white. Just working uh, at the Cinnabon. Working at Cinnabon. So they and like each year they just they have like one more scene of that flash forward. Such an exercise in just patience and just drawing things out. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Pa- patience is the key word. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, is, I love another show about they just process. Take their time. Yeah. It, it's a slower show, and it's maybe doesn't have as many. It doesn't have as many, like uh, mortar, ex, mortar and gunpowder explosions, but it does have so many more explosions in our hearts. Yes. So that's my Great number show. four. Better um, call Saul season five. Yeah. Justin, what's your number four? Well, my number four, Jaya, is a record, or I should say, a tape. Um, it is a is it it, it is an album. By a band, or should I say one person? So, go on. <laughs> um, yeah, my number four is "Songs for Pierre Chauvin" by the Mountain Goats, um, aka John Darnielle. Uh, the Mountain Goats is a band. Uh, it's one of my favorite bands. Uh, this guy John Darnielle, he's been writing songs since like the late '80s, early '90s. Um, I think since the early '90s, he's been writing songs under the name, the mountain goats. Um, but yeah, he would, uh, I don't know. He's in the habit of releasing like EP, like an EP every single year, an album every single year. Um, since then. 
So there's a tremendous amount of material out there. Um, but you know, like as time went on, like in the like late nineties, like early two thousands or maybe like mid to late two thousands, um, I'm fuzzy on the details, but yeah, he ended up kind of like, he would start playing with more people. Uh, he started playing with this guy, Peter Hughes, play bass for him on a, a bunch of records. And then, uh, they ended up adding, um, the drummer, uh, John Worcester from super chunk, uh, plays drums for them now. And now they have a horn player. So now it's like, it's a full band kind of outfit. But early on, it was just John, and he would record everything on a boombox. Um, I forget the specific model of it, but I had a condenser microphone, and all of his early records are recorded on that boombox until the day it stopped working. And so he was like, well, I guess I'll write studio albums now. Uh, so he started putting records out on Merge, uh, which is like a big, kind of bigger you know, record label uh, run by uh, you know some of the founders of the band Superchunk. And... Uh, yeah, so he kind of he has more of like a polished sound, like you know his records of the past ten years, like full band kind of studio records, um, and then his uh, his his boombox miraculously started working again years ago, and he recorded this album "All Hail West Texas," which is a concept album about these characters who live in West Texas, like in these different towns. Uh, all of his all of his records are kind of concept albums, for the most part. Um, or like kind of like inspired by stuff he's been reading lately. Um, and it, you know, the boombox worked for a little bit and then uh, it broke again, stopped working, but he was able to record this one album. And so it was kind of hailed as like, Oh, this return back to his old kind of format. Right. So he moves on, records some more studio albums. And for some reason this year, he figured out if he put the boombox on its side, uh, it stopped making this annoying rumbling noise, which made the recordings like impossible to listen to. And he decided to record uh, him by himself again. So it's literally this record is just him with his guitar. Uh, so, you know, talk like some of the songs begin with him just like kind of saying something, you know, just like, oh, this is in like G tuning or whatever. Uh, just so, you know, and so he, he kind of records it all like all the songs are pretty much in one take. Um, and he, uh, it was a surprise. He kind of like was teasing it a little bit on Instagram and he, it was, it dropped on Bandcamp. I was able to get a copy of one of the uh, limited cassettes, like the second edition. And I listened to it a lot this year and it's, uh, it's kind of a concept album about like some paganists based on this like book he was reading, but it's really good. It's kind of returned to return to form. I'm a, I'm a big fan of his early work. I like some, you know, I like the studio work too, but, um, yeah, it was just a really good, uh, Really nice surprise, something I didn't see coming, you know, because I, I really like his solo stuff quite a bit. Uh, but yeah, uh, Songs for Pierre Chauvin by the Mountain Goats. Check it out. He also released another studio album this year called Getting Into Knives. Oh, <laughs> not for yeah, kids. It's, a, it's good. It's a, it's a, it's a good, that's a good album too, but it, it's it's funny. He released two studio albums this year. What, Guy's a maniac. The, what's the follow up? Playing with matches? I don't know. Uh, but yeah, that's that's my that's my number four. That's my only uh, music thing on the list. Uh, uh, so, Jai, anyway, I'm talking too much. You number three. My number three is the, probably the closest I've actually cried all year. Is <laughs> How to with John Wilson, season one on oh, HBO. God, uh, this show uh, about guy with his camera mm-hmm. set in New York City. It made me homesick for New York City when I never actually lived there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, just. You know, he just goes, he just explores topics such as uh, plastic, plastic furniture, plastic covering on furniture, uh, scaffolding, scaffolding, 
the finale dealt with the perfect risotto, which that's the one that really kind of destroyed me where, yeah. you know, the production cycle of the show, they were filming the finale as the pandemic hit and we got to just get another, another, uh, spin around that block just you know seeing as the grocery stores piled up and lines and masks everywhere and uh but it's so nice did... nice uh stuff with his landlord yes hey, mama. yeah yeah mama you just got the yeah. sense that like this show like frame by frame could just go anywhere and it, it really did i mean there's just a shot with him with the bag of potato chips on a helicopter uh, that i'll probably never forget uh, <laughs> yeah yeah even like in the first episode, just that really just really just poignant talk with that one guy he met at a club, you know, and they both just, just kind how, of to, how to make small to, small talk. How right? to make small talk was the yeah. was the first episode. Um and you know, it ha- it's executive produced by Nathan Fielder, who also just was just this comedian with very kind of dry tone, but also just really interested in minutia. Also kind of pairs well with like Joe Parra talks to you. Oh yeah. Same kind of vibe for sure. Yeah. So only I think what they did, did six episodes. Yeah, it makes me wonder if they were gonna do more before everything shut down. Well, luckily it's coming back for another season next year, Thank hopefully. God. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just it just it hits it, like you said to me like it scratched an itch you didn't know you had. Yeah, and uh, it just uh, yeah, Addy and I watched it, and um, just the places it goes because it it literally starts out with the you know, saying what it's about. It's like, oh, this is about scaffolding. And he mm-hmm. talks about all the scaffolding in New York City. I think that's like episode two. Um, but then kind of goes into, because I've, I've been to New York a bunch and uh, like, I never really thought about it and like why that's there. And he really gets into it and like mm-hmm. what that means and like what it's doing to communities. Yeah. And then and, and yeah, how we've decorated it and just made, yeah, you know, how we interact with it and how it fucks some people's days up. And yeah, uh, everything has an underlying meaning and he kind of relates just, it like in a really human way. And even just the plastic, the plastic cover in episode where they went to that one guy who's anti circumcision, I guess you could say that episode ruined my life. <laughs> I couldn't look at the TV. Didn't that guy tweet at you too? No, I thought God, t- <laughs> no, the tugger. No, yeah, the tu- the t- no. Why would t- you think he tweeted t- at me? TC tugger. I, I could have sworn. I could have no, sworn. That he I mean, tweeted I tweeted about him. I said the okay. TC tw- Tugger episode yeah. ruined my life, or maybe maybe you saw a tweet I missed where you responded to me. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I uh, <laughs> that episode uh, destroyed me. Mm-hmm. Could not look. Could but not yeah, handle the tugging. I mean, I, I'm a pretty heartless bastard with just uh, you know, my soul's been uh, just eviscerated for basically from playing Last of Us Part Two, but still, I don't. I don't tear up a lot. I, I, it's something I'm, I can't say I'm working on it, but I just, I, maybe I'm just like scarred over my heart, but this definitely just kind of like a couple of those just pieces of dry skin just started to come and kind of falling loose and hitting the, the graveyard of my rib cage. Yeah. Uh, tell <laughs> that, that works. So that's, that's my number three, how to with John Wilson. Well, Jaya, that was also my number three. Hey, so I think John would like that. Yeah, I, I think the so fact too. That, that these both lined up, you know, synchronicity. Yeah, he kind of talks like us, <laughs> and uh, yeah, just a lot of pauses. <laughs> uh, socially awkward. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, how to with John Wilson? Check it out. It's just a man with a camera in a dream. 
Um, Jai, what's your number two? My number two, Industry, also on HBO. This mm. new drama set in a at a London investment bank. Uh, closest thing to Mad Men being back on the air that I, I, I've seen in a while. You know, it's an office drama, bunch of young, it's kind of follows this, this like, uh, this, this new incoming class of workers who are fresh graduates from, from uni and, you know, they're making all kinds of money. They're partying, hooking up, uh, just pulling all nighters. I don't understand 80% of the dialogue. Cause like they do, they just kind of throw you in the deep end, like much like something like the wire, like, this is our this is our world. Catch up, you know. You'll 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 float on the emotional through lines of the characters, but like you're not unless you're really in that world. I I, I had to like look things up all the time just to understand right. what the hell they're talking about. Which I I like that. I like doing homework. If the show if I'm invested in the characters and like they I I, I hate to have like just the new character that's just asking dumb questions because they're the audience surrogate. I like just to just throw me in the deep end. I'll swim. Yeah, you were famously so. that kid who would remind the teacher that, hey, you forgot to give us homework for the weekend. <laughs> teacher, algebra <laughs> three. Just because it's Thanksgiving doesn't mean we can't be doing algebra. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Uh, so also I, mean, I the love show- Mad Men. I love the if you're comparing it to Mad Men. Then- yeah. Yeah, give it a shot. It's got one of the most twisted takes on the will they, won't they trope that I've ever seen in my life. Ooh. So. <laughs> All right. Uh yeah, industry is coming back for season two. It, it's mo- it, you know another similarity. Mad Men is just like the cast is mainly unknowns. Like I, I just don't recognize anybody. Maybe yeah. some of them are bigger in, in in London. Uh, the main girl, her name is uh Myhala Harold plays this character named Harper Stern. She's kind of our our protagonist. Uh, they let her be short. She's a she's a shorty, and but doesn't <laughs> wow. it's I just I like shows that let people be short or or tall. I hate just. Everyone's just like 5'11 or whatever the fuck. Yeah, I was going to say, they let that lady be tall, the one that you wanted to step on you. Yeah, yeah. This girl, I've got different feelings about Harper, but uh, yeah, in Industry Season 1, check it out. It's also scratched an itch of like succession not being on Mm. the air this year. So, yeah, that's my number two. Justin, what's your number two? Well, Jaya, my number two is... Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Hey. Hey. That lady, she's on fire. She's on fire. <laughs> she's on fire. So I forget what song that is. Um, but yeah, this is a movie uh, that made a bunch of festi- festival circuits, but didn't hit the internet until 2020. So it counts. Mm-hmm. Counts. Um, yeah, uh, I've been meaning to rewatch it. I've only seen it once, um, but I watched it way, 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 way back in February or March, one of those two. And, um, yeah, it made me cry. Uh, it was really good. Great love story. Uh, beautiful movie. Um, really striking shot kind of at the, at the end of the movie. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I I don't want to, it's a very simple story. It's about a woman who's commissioned to paint a portrait, uh, of, of a lady (laughs) and who does not want to have her portrait painted. Um, so she must paint it in secret. Um, because it's, it's because so she can be married to this man. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's really, it's really good though. Um, highly recommend it. I believe it was Ryan Hill's favorite movie of 2019. Front of the show, Ryan Hill. (laughs) What's that? Front of the hill, front of the, front of the hill, Ryan show. (laughs) 
it's late in the tw- it's late in the yeah, countdown. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I I watched this movie yeah back in like March or April. Yeah, I, I dug the hell out of it as well. Yeah, uh, just one of those just movies you just want to like you can take any frame and just yeah put it on the wall. Yep, and it's art. It's very comforting. I think I watched The Lighthouse shortly afterwards and <laughs> different vibe. It's a good double feature. Yeah, it's a good good, double I, good island movies. Oh yeah, Lo- love an island movie. Mm-hmm. Like like the island with you McGregor. <laughs> yeah, and uh, <laughs> what else is an island in it? Castaway. Sure. <laughs> Lost. Lost. Um. Tra- tra- trauma. Uh, the trauma movie uh, the, that's the, on the an hit, island. The hit PC game missed. Mm-hmm. That's on an island. Mm-hmm. Uh, Love Island, UK. Hey Siri, what are movies set on an island? Eh, she's not listening to me. Yeah, she's not listening. She's went to bed. Uh, she's jealous from the women you want to step on you. Justin, what's your number? You, you, that was your number two. That was my number two. We're now to our number ones right We're now. We're at our number one. Yeah. It's 10.30 at night on Monday. We're at number <laughs> one. Our top 20 of 2020. Two hours and 10 minutes into the show. Mm-hmm. Jaya, what's your number one? <sighs> Justin, I'm also breaking the rules kind of. Oh, no. Bit. Two of just, us? Just, just a little bit. Just a little bit. All right. Okay. This, uh, thing, this thing technically came out. This thing. This thing technically came out in 2019, but it saw a wider release in 2020. Mm. This thing is the RPG Disco Elysium, available Ooh. now on the Mac. The Macintosh Apple computer, where I played it first this, this past spring, previously released last fall on the PC. Are you familiar with the concept of the one city block game? No. It's this, uh, it's this thing that was posited by some uh, game designers where they wanted to create an open world that was set just a one... They would faithfully recreate one city block, and that's it. And they would just fill that block with characters and stores and houses and lives and characters and stories. And, and this game, Disco Elysium, comes closest to fulfilling this long-sought-after idea of a one city block game. It uh, takes place in a city uh, that's recovering from this... A failed communist revolution. It's this doesn't take place on Earth. It's this kind of it's a different it's it's, it's a land populated with human beings, but with a whole different alternate history, geography, uh, racial and ethnic diversity, and history, obviously. And you play a cop involved investigating a murder. <laughs> okay. Uh, this cop also wakes up the first day having. Uh, nursing a, an incredible hangover and he doesn't know who he is so half the game is also this amnesiastic uh, he's an amnesiastic detective trying to piece together who he is while also trying to find out who murdered a person in the courtyard of this hotel he's at uh, this game made me reconsider or just maybe just have some real come to Jesus moments with what it's like being a human being wow okay uh, this game is a Half RPG, half brain simulator, where all of the uh, parts of uh, a lot of the addiction pulses in your mind come and have a have a story to tell, and just a they kind of try to steer where you're going. You know, you pass a pack of cigarettes, and like the game stops and says, "Hey, man, you want to pick up the cigarettes? Roll a roll a roll an, roll snake eyes to uh, 
to, to smoke those bastards and look cool as hell. Uh, or, uh, you know, you can, you have a partner who, who tries to like, kind of like check your, your base instincts as well. I'm, it's, it's, I'm really struggling to talk about this game. It, it seems like there's a lot to it. There's a, this game has a lot on its mind and it's, yeah. So many games you play, they have this. Their primary influences are like Lord of the Rings or Star Wars or Dungeons and Dragons. This, the people who wrote this game, just read a lot of like heavy Russian novels that were never translated into English. Uh, and it also just has something really beautiful to say about our relationship to nature. And uh, you know, are we just a bunch of apes with guns, just make a lot of noise, or are we something else? Uh, is is are other life forms gonna wipe us out because we're just just all chaos and do do we have anything to really bring to the table beyond just our base needs or do we have anything else in the chamber? Uh, I mean, I can't yeah, wait to play it. I yeah, until like a port comes out. It's something that yeah, it, it's coming to systems in March. Great. They're doing like a re. The game was kind of notable for like it's it's. I call it a game, but it's all almost just like a novel. Okay. Because uh, there's no combat. It's just a lot of just walking around this this city, talking to people, picking up items, you know, maybe putting on a different hat if that helps you open up a door. Uh, <laughs> uh, what else? There's like you know there's 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 like strife on the docks. There's there's like kids in the alleyway who's have like parents who beat them up and you can go like help that kid sell more drugs so he can get out from his home. Uh, there's rich ladies on boats. There's churches that are turned into raves. There's, uh, there's a guy on an Island who's like, who, who's like one of those, like kind of like those Japanese soldiers who like never was told that world war two ended and he's just still out there. Just not, there's no world war two in this, this story, but still the equivalent of that. Yeah, it's it's got a lot on its mind. I can't wait to play it again. I've only played it the once, even though I talk about like I played it like a million <laughs> times because all I all I really do want to play. Yeah, but uh, they're releasing it again with like more content and also in this version that came out, they didn't have voice acting for every single line of dialogue, so they're going back and like either re-recording or they're just adding what they recorded into the, into the game. So all right, so when you replay it, it'll be like kind of different, be a right? whole new thing. Yeah, yeah, nice. So that's my number one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's there's Jaipak playing his fucking video games. You know, I haven't changed since fifth grade when Scott Landis called me a video game freak. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, look at you now. That's my nice. Look at me now, Scott. Look at me now. Fuck you, Scott Landis. <sighs> so that's my number one. It's it's called Disco Elysium, and I love it so much. And if anybody ever says anything bad about it, I'll come to your house and beat you up. Specifically, if your name is Scott Landis. Mm-hmm. Justin, what's your number one of 2020? Well, I don't think it's a surprise. We teased it earlier. Uh, it's also a video game, and it's also probably my favorite video game of all time. I don't know what that says about me. But it's The Last of Us Part Two. Um, it, like we said earlier, it's a game. I played, uh, I, play, I played through it, and then I played through it again. I, I, I took a week off. And started it over again, and I'm gonna start it again because there's something about that that I just need. I need to just go through this over and over again. You know, I, I don't know. Ellie's story is just—it's very compelling. And yeah, um, 
it's great uh it's such a good game it's like playing a movie um yeah and i just love what it says about like just you know morality and and the choices we make in life and it's 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 beautiful uh it's it's scary as hell in moments it stresses me out quite a bit i'm not looking forward to doing certain parts of the game again like the 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 uh, hospital basement yep uh (laughs) i struggled just as much the second time doing that um but yeah, uh, I look forward to anything Naughty Dog does. They've set a bar with as far as like storytelling and games, and uh, I don't know. I don't know if that just, it makes me basic. Jaya, a, uh, lot, uh, a lot of people y- love this you know, game. Th- those physics for the rope are pretty uh, incredible. Great I mean, rope I, physics. I, I, I want to go back to playing, just throwing that rope around, yeah. like, around like broken girders and Indiana Jones in my way into secret conference rooms that haven't been not been exposed to the human touch for 50 years. What's great is once you've beaten it, you can go back and enter each encounter, Mm -hmm. you know, all Uh, those safes, you know, combinations that are cleverly hidden around. Yeah. Uh, The trading cards. I'll never hear a person whistle again. The same like, right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. And all those dogs, uh, (laughs) Oh, uh, yeah, I love uh, to shoot a dog. <laughs> Noted dog shooter, Justin. Oh, Pass yeah, yeah, on. yeah. I love, love shooting dogs. Um, yeah, it's just a, just a great game. I, I can't say enough good things about it, just the performances and uh, by the actors and the animation and the story. Um, yeah, and I, I think, you know, it was a very divisive game, and I think that speaks to it, uh, the message mm-hmm. it has. And, you know, it's it's... I don't know. I, I just part of me really loves the troll in me loves that it pissed off so many little dipshits who didn't like it just because it, it just wasn't. If I don't, I mean, I know there's the whole thing about spoilers and like some plot elements got leaked on the internet months before it came out, which is really unfortunate. But I, I feel like if you can't get past that stuff, it's just it's not for you. I, no, I, I hate I hate like gatekeeping that stuff or just no, even well, no, find that. But it's just it's their own fault. It's not yeah. for them, and they—it's their fault that it's not. Mm-hmm. So maybe grow the fuck up, and uh, yeah. you know, yeah, you have to realize at a certain point, it's like you know, the art you're consuming is like it's like people are—it's all just—it's every piece of art is just like comprised of just so many individual decisions that kind of add up to a greater gestalt or just an outcome that is intended by the creator of the art. And the fact that if you if you come to the table with like I don't like this thing or I don't I don't like this character or just I hate saying like, don't. Do- it's okay it, to leave. It's, it's things- a lesson in empathy. Yes. So and, and, and it's okay to leave. It's okay to not like things, and it's okay for other people to like things that you don't like, and mm-hmm. it's okay for people to not like things that you like. It's fine. The world's not gonna fucking end, but you don't need to go on the internet. <laughs> you don't need to dox people for you being to, yeah getting like just expressing their art. You know, posting exactly. their addresses on the internet or. Um, death threats uh but yeah the last of us 2 is a nice distraction uh, to enter a world that was somehow more horrifying than the one i'm living in right now yeah um but yeah that's that's my number one that's your number one we did it man we did it um i do have just real quick a couple of honorable mentions okay all right we got fargo season four Mm. that that was really good just you know didn't make the list, but uh, I really liked it a lot. Um, the, the late episode, the black and white episode. Yeah, uh, that, that was, was that was on fire. 
Um, love the re- the the reveal in the final episode of the connections to previous seasons. I love the world mm-hmm. that uh, they're building. Um, second one is Beforeigners on HBO. Uh, I've spoken about that before. You know, mm-hmm. what if you know people from earlier time periods somehow time traveled into our present? Um, it's a Norwegian show on HBO. Um, but yeah, that's uh, it's it's great. Uh, how would the world react to that sort of thing? Um, the Gino Lombardo show, uh, John Gabris's podcast on Earwolf, uh, about his plays his character named Gino Lombardo, who has a drive, drive time, uh, radio show on Long Island. It's really funny. I haven't laughed that hard since like early comedy bang, bang, uh, on the same note, big, big grande, uh, they're an improv team that have a, a podcast called the teacher's lounge. Um, and if you go to biggrandewebsite.com, they have some premium podcasts. They've moved away from here, um, from Earwolf, I believe, and uh, kind of doing their own thing and have a hell of a deal for 30 bucks. You can get a lot of content. And lastly, Jaya, I have to say, sadly, The Mandalorian, <laughs> even though that last episode pissed me <laughs> off. This is I have the way. to say the journey to get there was worth it. So, um, yeah, but, it had a, I mean, that first episode with Tim, the elephant and like the sandworm. Yeah. It's great. Uh, yeah, it's good. Just good. Uh, you know, the, the last 10 minutes of the final episode of season two wouldn't say, yeah. uh, is great. You know, it just uh, makes the world just so much more smaller. It's like, oh yeah, it's just the same characters. Yeah. It's whatever. Doing their, doing their thing. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's my um, honorable mentions uh, for this list. Didn't quite make right. it, but still check them out. I just had a few. I really liked the final season of Dark, the German time travel show on Netflix that also just turns my brain into um, a funnel cake. Didn't realize the uh, sh- so the show's finished? The show's finished, yeah. Okay. Wrapped it pretty nicely, too. I watched season uh, one, but I got to keep going, I guess. Yeah, I I watched season one when it when it dropped like three four years ago, and then I realized it was one of the shows where I just had to do it all one big gulp because yeah. it's it's so dense. There's a lot. It it's one of those shows that like makes me like kind of really miss Lost because at least Lost Lost had a good mystery, but also just had like fun character stuff, and Dark didn't really have like Dark never had the equivalent of like Hurley and his friends find an old jeep in the in the in the yeah. jungle and started up and. He, remembers his father being nice to him you know it's right dark it's just like all plot all the time and it gets a little like you need like a whiteboard to understand if you really want to crack it you know you, you need to just do some serious spreadsheets aaron Akosov, if you want to yeah uh, de- uh, deconstruct uh, dark season one through three i'm sure the internet would love you for that there's <laughs> like subtitles too so it's like you literally have to you can't look away yeah this is not like a laundry show at all no. uh I, this great platformer game called creeks that uh, this kind of hand-drawn animation uh, set in this weird bird robot world. Uh, cool puzzle mechanics. Uh, a lot of just fun, like, timing, jumping, push this thing into a light and it turns into a, a ladder. Just one of those, like, it's almost like, almost like a David Lynch did, like, uh, Pitfall. Okay. Pitfall. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I remember Pitfall. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's 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 up there. I'm halfway through season one of I May Destroy You on HBO, and that's what was also blowing my mind. But I have not finished it yet. Uh, just a really unique voice and just 
bringing a different perspective to a uh, harrowing topic like like rape and sexual assault, but just doing it with this this kind of panache and uh, pathos and dare I say some humor. Yeah. So uh, really enjoying that. And those first ten minutes of Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven went before the game just turned to shit. <laughs> and yeah. I, <laughs> and when the score was just kind of ramping up, like. And I created the character, and he did the tutorial, and like it was all downhill from there. But, yeah, but uh, the first like ten minutes, they you know like yeah, they were still just like oh, this is it, man. I was living in it. It was like the nice January in, of this year. <laughs> it's like oh, this is my year, mm-hmm. and then this is it. Yeah, and then on, just a lot of penises coming out of pants and <laughs> yeah. triangle I mean, buttons that would uh, not work. We have all this time in our hands. Yeah. On that note, on that note, yeah, that's that's it. That's the I think that's it. Top twenty of twenty twenty. We did it. Yeah. Thank you so much for Justin. Thank you for being my podcast partner. In oh yeah, uh, of course. Uh, we've now done more episodes over Zoom than we have in person. So yep. I hope that once it's safe to do so, we uh, we go the other way and do more persons do episodes more in person than in quarantine. So. Yeah. So for those listening, if you can get us to the top of the list, the vaccine, uh, we'd really appreciate it. We yeah. feel like we're really uh, <laughs> podcasters are essential workers. Yeah, we're essential. So mm-hmm. yeah, please, uh, please uh, do something about that. Yeah, um, yeah thank you, yes. Jaya, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a, it's been quite a ride. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What a yeah, ride. Yeah. Not that we can go on rides these days, but no, no, of course not. You know, I've not been to Torney Park since I since I moved to Bethlehem, but. Uh, once, once, once I get, once I get that Pfizer Moderna syringes hanging on my arms, you know, I'll be there every weekend, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Just going up and down steel force. There you go. Uh, and thank you for all the guests, people who have come on the show this year. Uh, yeah, we just, we really enjoyed having you welcoming you into this little, this little fun experiment or whatever this thing we're doing. <laughs> It's a little venture. This, this, this show. Our show. It's a show. It's just to yeah. say it's a show. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. We hope to have you in person again or if for the first time. Mm-hmm. And look forward to another year of podcasting with you, Justin. And yeah. what other wacky adventures we get up, we get up to <laughs> on the screen. Exactly. Yeah, we got a lot of fun episodes coming up in the can. Or in the tunnel ahead of us. They're not in the can. They're not done yet. But yeah, I was gonna say we have this. We have <laughs> we have nothing in the can. <laughs> this show's in the can. We're recording yeah. this a week ahead of time. But um, yeah, yeah, we uh, we have some uh, fun guests coming up. So uh, please uh, rate, review, and subscribe. Maybe tell a friend. Um, maybe let yourself have a different perspective on the content you listen to. Um, and check us out on Instagram. We've been doing this like. Uh, every other yes. friday or so we've been doing like a little live show we hope soon to be able to get like other guests on if instagram gets their shit together you know mm-hmm. to have like a third or fourth person on yeah but, but the, the chat the chat usually blows up and we, we're pretty good about interacting with the chat so if you watch you can interact with us mm-hmm. and uh engage with us and really get the algorithm yeah, and, yeah hashtag know, hashtags just don't dox us don't dox us please don't swap me yeah Please don't swat us. <laughs> it gets the last thing I can handle this year. I can't handle a swat. 
been we tough. beat the pandemic, but then just there's just another there's an epidemic of squatting across the. God damn it! That's what we're going. That's where we're heading. Uh, Jaya, my ears hurt from having these headphones on. Uh, two and a half hours, baby. <laughs> we did it. Oh, I'm gonna edit out that whole argument about the uh, FX contest thing. So Please. it might be a little less than two and a half hours, but uh, thanks everybody for if you stuck yeah. around this long. Uh, you're the OGs. You're the uh, the goats. Mm-hmm. So the uh, AOTDers. Yeah. All right. Well. Thank you for listening. Stay safe out there. And we'll see you on the internet. Amusing Ourselves to Death is produced by Jaya Peck and Justin Passano. Artwork by Evan Stutz. Theme song by Pretty Lousy. Find us on social media at Facebook and Instagram at Amusing Ourselves to Death. Get in touch at Amusing Ourselves to Death pod at gmail.com.